So, fellas, I've got uh, a couple of jokes I need to run by you. Um, this famously did not end well uh, a couple episodes ago when I wrote a, a joke in my dreams and it, uh, it bombed so hard. <laughs> Steven is very good. gracious and, and laughs at uh, all of the dumb things I say, but he was just, even that one, he was like, I, was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I, I didn't so. get it. It was too good. Uh <laughs> It's still processing. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. If someone is rude... Uh, sorry. I, I fucked up immediately. <laughs> if someone is being rude while drawing your blood, does that make them flabato mean? <laughs> oh, okay. Your silence says, says it all. It's like a Bazooka uh, Joe comic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment, right? Yeah, I'll yeah, take I that. Look, we're in Good. we're in the dentist's favorite episodes run of the show here on uh, episode two thirty two, so it, it's fitting. Um, mm-hmm. The next one, uh, th- okay. So this one is uh, Captain Picard potty training Lieutenant Riker. Number one points to toilet. Number two. I didn't see that okay. coming from a mile away. Yeah. So so here we go. So I was thinking of that one like on Tuesday morning <laughs> oh as I was God. getting ready for work. And I was like, oh, boy, this is so stupid that it made me like smile and laugh a little bit as I was getting ready. And my wife caught me and she was like, what are you laughing at? I was like, God damn it. Why did you have to ask me about this? I was like, oh, I just thought of a really bad joke. And oh, I... Man. Like, it just made me giggle. And she was like, so what's the joke? I'm like, oh, you don't want to know. You don't want to know what this That's is. Brave of her after she, all these years, yeah. I know, right? <clears throat> like, even if it were, were good, she would have zero tolerance for mm-hmm. it. Luckily, that's never been the case. But uh, she she Man. was persistent. She was like, no, tell me what the joke is. <laughs> Nevertheless, she persisted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not what their so, goal was, not to hear these jokes. <laughs> So as I was standing in the restroom with her, I I go, number one, I point at the toilet, I go, number two, I say, that's the joke. And I just start laughing, like cackling like a madman. And she was like, wait, what? I was like, okay, I have to explain so much of this to you. You don't know anything about Star Trek. You certainly don't know anything about the next generation. You don't know who the characters. You know? You don't know what they call each other. The best jokes are the ones you have to explain in detail. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And I was like, look, the joke is not good anyway. <laughs> but the, the fact that I would have to explain all of this to you is it is so wildly funny to me that it was just like. Amazing. There's no way this is going to be worth it to you <laughs> to even like broach this topic. So I'm going to I'm going to try to do a mercy killing here. <laughs> and just like I don't want to explain this to you further. She was just like, okay. Man. I've gotten really into Next Generation lately. Um, and strangely enough, my wife, um, who never has shown like a huge interest in those types of shows, mm. um, she mm-hmm. happened to catch me watching uh, one episode really really early on. She's like, oh, what is this? And oh, it's Next Generation. You should, you should watch it. You might like it. She's like, I don't know. She sat down to watch one episode and was addicted. 
and is now awesome. just like every night. Can we watch a couple episodes of Next Generation? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Ross, feel free to uh, treat her to that joke. Um, I think she'll get a real <laughs> kick out of it. it. She, she'll understand. I'm going to uh-huh. steal it. I'm not going to attribute it to you. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, wow. Son, son of a bitch. That's a compliment. Yeah. I guess. Um, I haven't. Yeah, I used to love that show, like, growing up, but I haven't seen it in years. I've really wondered. People, people, I, I thought it was, like, one of those things I liked. I didn't know that there was such a fandom until now, and I'm like, oh, my God, everybody really loves that show. I should check it out again. I will say skip at least the first season. You may yeah. you could probably even skip the second season. There's some good episodes in there, but um, the mm. first two seasons are kind of uh, unanimously agreed upon as bad. Mm. Um, I feel like that era, they got away with that a lot more. I know. I feel like there's a lot of first seasons that people are like it's not great but it's like it went on to be an amazing show and, and this is back when when seasons were like 23 yeah. 24 episodes a season so they went through like yeah. 40 close to 50 episodes <laughs> right. before they got it right <laughs> like, and people let that happen like now it's like canceled out of here and it's like that was your number one show netflix they're like canceled get out of here yeah and yeah. now it's like totally opposite it's that's so random like that yeah it was like that jupiter's legacy show or Ooh. whatever uh did you I watch it? Part of it, and was just I didn't. I, didn't, oh, I don't bad. think I finished the first episode, and I was like, "This is oh, shit. that was a superhero one." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. God, I forgot all yeah, about the that. The comic was really yeah. good. Um, mm. The comic yeah. was great. Uh, Frank Quietly. I mean, that was a mm. uh, a Mark Miller um, <laughs> comic, and uh, he's the the guy who wrote uh, the Kick Ass comic. Oh yeah, right on. all that stuff. He had made a deal with Netflix a while back, and they. He took his like remaining properties and essentially sold those rights mm. to Netflix to start <laughs> making these adaptations. And then like I think this was the first one out of the gate, and it it just like tanked so hard. Uh, I know they have that Super Crooks anime that's out there. Mm. I haven't heard anything about it, but um, it must mean it's good. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but it's supposed to like tie into that same world, like those characters in, uh, inhabit the same universe or whatever. But they they were just like nah, that's. We're not gonna we're not gonna go back to the well on that one. So, but I thought that was funny hmm. because the uh, MCU, you know he the Miller Cinematic Universe. Oh, <laughs> he's like yes, excellent. Oh man, he he made plenty of money off mm-hmm. those movies and everything. So. I, I honestly mm-hmm. feel like Miller World, his like imprint, is is strictly uh, like pitches for tv shows or movies <laughs> i feel like that is his whole mm-hmm. premise is let's make a comic book that we can give to someone that's like a, a pitch for a tv show hmm. um and it works for him though right so mm-hmm. far i feel like he sold even more properties than those two they, they haven't wow. gone into production yet but he sold like mm-hmm. several mm-hmm. if not like all rights to every story that has been under the miller world imprint if i'm mm. not mistaken yeah i forgot about uh, the kingsman oh, that's yeah, a big kingsman, one right the yeah, big one i think damn, damn. Mm-hmm. Dave Gibbons, getting that money. Yeah. Didn't the King's Man just come out? Mm-hmm. Like it, like I think came it out. It was like a, like a fart in the wind. Nobody is <laughs> yeah. like talking about it. I don't even know if it's good. That's not to yeah. to dismiss the quality of it if it's there. I just have literally heard nothing about it. I think it came out around the same time as Spider Man, uh, mm-hmm. Ho- Homeward Bound or whatever that third <laughs> one. Brilliant time to release a comic book movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it has action in it. Oh, wait. Fuck. Yeah, it says December 22nd. So oh, it's been really? out for oh, exactly like a month and a day. Yeah. Nice. Crazy. Yeah. And I've barely heard anything about it. Did you guys see? What is this? The third one? Is this the third Kingsman movie? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I don't even think I saw the second one. I know I saw the first one and it was pretty, pretty enjoyable, but I don't even think I saw the second mm-hmm. one. 
I like the first one, yeah. Yeah, the the first one is great. The the second one came out, and we started watching it on Hulu or wherever the mm-hmm. fuck it, it was, and we got about halfway through, and I thought it was enjoyable, but it's not as good as the first, yeah. and uh, we just never it's like picked it back up. It's like cheesier to me yeah. in a weird way. Um, yeah, I, don't, I couldn't go quite get into the second one, but I liked that first one. The, this one looked kind of interesting to me, but I feel, again, it's like Brent and I have talked about, like, there are movies that, like, trailers came out, like, a year or two ago. And, like, we've kind of forgotten about them because we're not watching all this stuff because we don't know when they're actually coming out. I feel like The Kingsman is, like, one of those... I feel like I've heard about it for three years now. And then it's like, oh, it's out. Oh, okay, cool. I guess we'll move it on. Like, uh-huh. yeah, weird. Yeah, <clears throat> Ross yeah. and I, we went to go see that third Spider-Man movie together mm-hmm. along with his wife. And I believe they played a trailer for The Kingsman. Yeah. And we watched it. We are in the theater watching it collectively. And then I totally forgot about it immediately. (laughs) And then then I saw that that the King's Man was like actively in theaters like two weeks ago. I was like, what? When did this happen? Weird. Which is it is weird because we used to be so plugged in with everything. But Mm -hmm. then the pandemic fucked everything up and everything is wildly off my radar at this point. So I I don't know where things or when things are coming out, where they're playing, if they're in theaters only or on some streaming yeah. service it's hard to keep track and so i don't i don't do that anymore <laughs> well and also uh what i thought was kind of weird about like the all i know is info i saw in the trailer but it looks like they're doing like a league of extraordinary gentlemen type of thing where they're bringing in like literary mm. characters i don't know if they're all like forming a league as it were um but they're like coming together like sort of like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, like Rasputin was in it, and I feel like there was mm. some other people. Um, but I feel like that's a concept that should have worked by now. But it, it works in the comics, <laughs> because League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is fucking incredible. But I can't think of another property that's managed to pull off the, let's bring together a bunch of real-life literary characters and make like a hidden... Uh, hidden... Re- or hidden... Uh, uh, what's the word? Hidden history kind of like... Uh, mm-hmm. you know, here's what really happened with Tom Sawyer. You know, who gives a shit? But I feel like it's a concept <laughs> that could work if somebody took it and did it yeah. right. But I, I, have, I have yet to see anybody. Oh, someone hasn't seen the Snyder Cut. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Oh, man, you're four viewings behind. Yeah, yeah, I know. You got you to gotta catch up. Our, friend, our, our yeah. uh, mm-hmm. friend Mitch in Canada has has seen it uh, minimum four times. It's, it's possible he's seen it, it more than that, which I, I, I don't know how. Yeah, that's, it's insane. <laughs> But uh, it is, I will say the Snyder Cut is better than the regular Justice League, mm-hmm. which is like, how could it, like, that's not saying a whole lot, mm-hmm. but uh, it's also very, very long. So, it, yeah, the, it, yeah, it is. There's a caveat to it. But I'm, I saw the, I was talking to uh, my wife made about this the other day because we were watching some show or whatever. We were, you know, investing a lot of time in it. And I, I hear people talk about this sometimes where it's like, if a movie like they're talking about the the Batman is like going to be like nearly three hours long, they released uh, like the running time or whatever. And people are back and forth complaining about it or whatever. But people are like, I, if I'm an hour into a movie and it has another hour left and I'm not, I'm not into it, I'll probably turn it off and just be like, ah, I, I don't I value my time more than that. But if I watch like an hour long first episode of a 10 episode series, I'll be like, I got to give it 10 episodes. Really feel it's like I'll invest so much more time and not even blink at it if it's a TV show. But that four hour movie feels insurmountable to try to watch again. What is that? Yeah, it's so even, weird. Even with the built in chapter breaks in it. Yeah. Because it does have like uh, title cards within the movie. So you do have a natural 
stopping point, which is nice, but also I'm like, you can't tell me what to fucking do. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> This is the I'm, I'm pretty angry. much a, a a good boy, oh, uh, as you could uh, tell by my appearance on uh, that that one episode of um, mm. uh, True Criminals. Uh, but like, this is where I've chosen to place my rebellion. Is like, you're not going to tell me to stop on a chapter <laughs> break. I'll choose when I fall asleep during this movie while oh, I'm watching yeah, it in bed go. on my phone. You know, mm-hmm. I make that decision. You make your own chapter breaks. That's right. Damn straight. That's right. That's fair um, enough, man. Yeah. Um, are we gonna get into it or should i just start there this is you you make the call oh, on well, that brent then we're getting into it uh <laughs> we're doing it i'm steven i'm brent and uh welcome to let's talk about stuff where we're obviously joined by a guest today say hello ross hello ross how's it going like that oh joke. my god thank he you fucking, got thank he you fucking got, got your ass <laughs> holy shit how embarrassing <laughs> sorry it's a Sorry. fucking flame Oh war. my god. Gilly. Gilly. <laughs> Ross, welcome back to the show. Uh, today, for, for our main topic, we are going to discuss the 1994 mm. album uh, from Green Day, their third major, or I guess their third studio album. Uh, but it's, you know what, this year's actually uh, within a, a month and change. It's going to be the 28th anniversary, and people are, have been clamoring for us to be like, when are you going to celebrate mm. a 28th anniversary? And it's like, guys, okay, fine, we'll do it. We'll finally fucking do it. You've been teasing this for months. For months. Amanda did ask me, we listened to this album together yesterday, and she did ask me wh- why we're doing this, and I really completely <laughs> blinked. I was like, I don't I don't know why. I think we we talked about it in relation to something else. I don't know about like why specifically like, right why now. Why are you but doing it's, the podcast in general? Just like, why? Why are you doing any of this? Yeah. We, we get that a lot. We get that a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's the uh, the 28th anniversary album of Dookie by Green Day. Uh, so I had planned on Ross coming on to talk about this for a while just because I, I knew that you liked this album. I remember seeing this Big album time. around your house back in the day when I would uh, come over to visit and hang out and whatnot. So I thought, oh, this must be Ross's favorite album. Spoilers, no, it wasn't. Um, he's... He, <laughs> He told me when we were doing our noisy November episodes, like after we dropped that Nirvana episode, he was like, thanks for having me on, Dick. It's my favorite (laughs) album. I was like, oh, fuck. What do you mean it's his favorite album? It's not his like favorite T-shirt right now or anything either. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is a reminder of how I fucked up. This is is like that time (laughs) at the beginning of last year in 2021 when we had Austin Wilson on to talk about Man of Steel. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Austin loves Superman. (laughs) He comes on immediately. It's like, yeah, fuck Superman. I hate that character. He's a shit. I hate this movie. I was like, I knew you would hate the movie, but I thought you would like this character. He's like, no. Oh, it's great. I'm like, okay. No, I love it. It's the yeah. Tony Stark thing. It's bringing strawberries to Pepper. And she's like, do you know there's one thing I'm allergic to in the whole world? He's like, strawberries. I remember it. I got it. It's like you associated it. Superman. Austin. Totally loves it. Totally, yeah. totally loves it. I do love this album, just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it yeah. probably better when I was younger because... This is like the most teenage album of all time, I feel like. Mm. Like it um I was well, I wasn't even a teenager when I got this. Um my my cousin Brooke got me the cassette when I was eleven years old. And uh prior to that I had never really had any um like modern music. You know, I'd had like mm. a, a random cassette I would end up here or there. Uh my cousins who were several years older than me would like uh, record cassettes of like they mostly listen to hip hop so I had like Wu-Tang and some other things but I feel like this was the f- the first album or first 
yeah, I guess album, whatever. Not literal album. You know what I'm saying? Um, that I actually owned myself. That was like mine. That mm-hmm. I, you know, this was like a pure thing that wasn't made for me. This was like my first, what I would consider my first album. Um, mm-hmm. So I love it. I mean, I, I I don't listen to it nearly as much anymore. Like, never mind has pretty much stayed uh, my favorite in my mm. adult life. But as a teenager, this was like, this talked to me. This was this was my everything. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to be on for this episode. I'm, I mean, never mind. Would you just <clears throat> better, but this is, uh, this is good, too. So <clears throat> I would love it if the entire time, instead of like answering anything about these songs, you just always pivot to either Nevermind or Nirvana. <laughs> and just like, you're like, but anyway, I want to talk about this song that I actually like from this album. We'll That'd re-review it, yeah. essentially. <laughs> Again, this is like when we had uh, Dave Roberts on to talk about Batman versus Superman. And then he was like, he spent half his time talking about Man of Steel. Mm. It was like, okay. But that's what you do when you have oh, Dave Roberts enough. on. You're just like, you know, he's from jolly old England. Mm. They don't know the customs here, you know. Did I have a, a box of tea ready to throw in a harbor in case he, he went on mm. too long about Man of Steel? Yes, of course. Yeah. You know. Spent half his time defending Prince Andrew. Mm. You, know, you know. I you know, I'm just where's the evidence? He's, you know? a, good, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He, he seems nice. <laughs> God. I can't keep any of the uh, the royalty straight. I don't know who is what. That's true. It's like I, I hear Prince over there. I'm just like, I don't I don't know which one is which. I just assume they're all Stuffy or bad. Mm. A combination of that, you know? Except for our prince. Our prince was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Rip. Get fucked, England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, before we jump into the album talk, is there uh, anything mm. you guys have watched, read, listened to, anything like that that you wanted to discuss? Yeah, Ross, you want to start us off? Uh, sure. Um, I don't want to throw you under the bus. I just figured the guest and all. Now, we're staying spoiler-free for this one, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so Peacemaker dies. Um, it's oh, God. <laughs> No, at the end of the Suicide Squad, the the first allegedly, episode. but then he doesn't. But yeah, no, oh, yeah, I guess he kind of did. Um, but no, no, the Peacemaker. Um, we're four episodes in so far. Um, mm-hmm. I think it just came out last week. I believe was the first, uh, and they dropped three episodes, and then mm. um, they've dropped a subsequent one since then. And um, spoil no spoilers here, but uh, I will <laughs> say that this is in the running for the, or at least my favorite superhero. TV show of all time. Oh, wow. And I've seen a lot of them. Um, to be fair, most superhero TV shows aren't that great. Um, but I would even maybe take it a step further after the most recent episode. Wait, not even Iron Fist? Well, <laughs> I said almost. <laughs> the gold standard. The white ninja. <laughs> um, no, this might be not only my favorite superhero show, but possibly one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I really, 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 really fucking love this show. Damn. I don't know what it is about it. It strikes a really um, interesting tone where it, mm-hmm. obviously it's James Gunn. So he, he you know, brings the creativity and uh, uh, subverts expectations, whatever that is. Um, but this this show, holy fucking shit. Every episode, every scene, I am like, I'm 1,000% here for. Um, it's got amazing characters. It's got, it's got humor, but it's not, it's different from the Marvel humor where it's, and I like the Marvel humor, but it's, be, Marvel humor has definitely become a thing um, mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of people have tried to copy, but for some reason Marvel is really the only one that gets it right. Um, 
This show, though, holy shit, it 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 does something I've never seen before, which is like, um, it's very much a rated R show. It's very, I mean, it's James Gunn again, so you know he's got that trauma sensibility that he brings in. Mm. So there's some really gross, like splatter violence and 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 that kind of stuff. But it's punctuated with this just. Uh, I don't even. I, I I still haven't even formulated like a full opinion on it, or or like I can't describe it accurately, um, because it's just completely unique. And also, Vigilante is the best fucking character. Um, <laughs> have you you guys haven't seen her, Steven, You said you hadn't seen it, right? No, uh-uh, not yet. Want to? I've heard it's great things, but I'm I'm definitely current with it. I oh, okay. love this right fucking show. It's so good. Like like Ross, it's on uh, HBO Max for mm-hmm. for people who are wondering where this is. Yeah. Uh, it's an uh, an original show there. So if you liked the movie The Suicide Squad that James Gunn directed, came out in 2021, you will like this because it is like Ross was saying. It is so funny. the The action and humor and characters are all there. Uh, Vigilante, holy shit. You are not kidding. He is so fucking funny. That actor is so good. I watched the newest episode last night, and I was laughing oh, yeah. so hard, I had to pause it because I couldn't catch my breath. <laughs> the part where he's in prison... Oh, okay, uh, yeah. And he's talking to the to the table of guys. I, I was losing it. I, I like literally had to pause it because I couldn't catch... My, my wife, um, she watches it with me. She, she fucking loves it, too. We were both, like, tears... It was so goddamn funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that the um, like the opening credits oh are like some of the best oh my God. of all time, and that alone, oh I'm like so excited to see. It, I can't skip. You it. know how like yeah, exactly. It, it, HBO Max uh, shows mercy on you, unlike Hulu, where it gives you mm-hmm. a, an option to skip an intro, and I use that from time to time. It kind of depends on what it is, but uh, I will never skip it for yeah. Peacemaker <laughs> because it's so fucking good. Yeah. And it's like it's a show that starts with a cold open, then it has the oh, cool, yeah. the the intro, and like the. The show is so good, and I'm so invested in the, the characters and plots that you would think I would want to skip that intro, because I've seen it several times before, and just get back into the show. But it's it's so it's so much fun to watch. It is. It's like it it's like the the intro is like a metaphor for the show, whereas people living very seriously, but doing the dumbest and most ridiculous <laughs> things. And it's just, God damn it! I can't not watch it. I have that song like stuck in my head now, almost constantly. It's so fucking good, man. Like, you know, James Gunn is big into music and including mm-hmm. that in his different projects. Uh, kind of like we saw in Guardians, but that was a lot of like '70s rock and that type of thing. This is like '80s hair metal. Yeah. And, oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> I heard that. And that's like <laughs> that's the, awesome. the main through line for the show. <laughs> and so you you hear that a lot. That's what the intro is essentially um I, I don't know if it's originally for this show or if it's like some other like deep cut thing i've never heard the song before until this but um man it's just steven i can't tell you how much i love this show mm-hmm. and how much i think you will also love the show i imagine yeah it's it's so fucking funny like john cena it's 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 a dang old summer of cena in right. a, the winter <laughs> So he does great, man. really impress me. I, I've never been into wrestling and stuff, but I saw someone tweet about him the other day and they were like, he never worked as a wrestler for me, but oh my God, he works as an actor for me. And he was mm-hmm. one of those, we've talked about him before. It's same with the rock. Like I just didn't expect much from them when they like got into movies and stuff. I didn't expect them to become 
as good as they are as funny and like as entertaining to me i guess personally yeah. but um everything i've seen seen and he's fantastic he was great as peacemaker in the suicide squad um mm-hmm. and james gunn I'm, I'm a huge fan as, as a lot of people are um he has like sensibilities that are just so right for this moment i feel like he's yeah. just capturing like some sort of uh, the comedic elements to it the the music and stuff like he's just doing something that people are really gravitating towards and everything he does is mm-hmm. just has been so much fun I think one thing that makes Peacemaker so good, and this is a, a character that's been in comics for several decades, right, Ross? Like, I think he's a Kirby character. Is he really? He's got that Kirby look. I don't. I think he's he's been around since like the fifties or something, right? It, like it, it, he's, he's been around. He was like a Charlton comics character y- that got wrapped. Yes, wrapped into um, the DC. He, he was yeah because he was in that uh, Pax Americana that uh, that Grant Morrison comic. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he was a stand-in for uh, uh, the comedian, I believe, because Pax Americana. Don't even want to get into that because Jesus Christ, we could talk about that for <laughs> hours. Um, but it's like it's like the decon. It, <laughs> it's the deconstruction of Watchmen, which Watchmen was a deconstruction of <laughs> the Charlton characters. So mm, it's yeah. it's, that, it's that good old Grant Morrison mind fuckery. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's been around for for a long, long, long time. I had no idea. I thought he was like a more recent character. I guess just from his no, he's been style been that- around for. For a long time, and I, I didn't. I don't know anything of this character. Sixty six. Sixty six. I didn't know anything of this character until I watched that first Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. Like he rarely shows up in comics, uh, or if he did, it was just like minor parts. And I, I was like, "Who's this weird guy with this weird ass helmet?" Right. So this is like my version of this character, and it's so fucking good. I love it so much, and he's he's almost like DC's Deadpool at this point. I know a lot of people point to Harley Quinn being that, but Maybe they have two. I don't know. But, uh, man, I, I, I just love this this character and this this approach because there's like so much they can do with this character since he's more or less a blank slate for the most part. Right. So he's uh, got a anything... long run. <laughs> Vigilante. No, oh, I'm just Peacemaker. Peacemaker. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were saying. Yeah. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I, yes. I'll definitely have to check it out. It's one I've been waiting, you know, wanting to watch or whatever. I didn't know mm-hmm. how they were releasing it. That it was like the first like three episodes, and then they've done like one more. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've, we've been into other things right now. But that's one I certainly want to check out. So oh, it's, it's definitely bingeable. Yeah. So if you want to wait till the whole thing drops and then watch the whole the the entire series, yeah, I go back I think and forth on it, it. Right. So yeah, I wonder. But man, yeah, all the the. Uh, the side characters that they have in the show are all fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. a breaking bad in that way where you introduce new characters and you're like, well, I want to, I want to hang out with Walter white. And then you get to know the new characters. And you're like, Oh fuck. I want to hang out with them instead of jumping back to Walter white. You know, uh, it's, it's that type of approach. I, I really appreciate the, the, like the new girl to the squad. I cannot think of her name. Cause it's, it's kind of a strange, uh, unconventional name. Um, Adobo or, or something like that. Right? Yeah. Adobo. Mr. Popo. Um, <laughs> Check out those outtakes. She uh, she is absolutely hilarious. Um, oh, she's, she's so funny. So, she's kind of like the heart of the show a little bit. It's it's a lot yeah. of it's kind of told from her perspective because she's mm. not uh, she's not in the superhero world per se. So a lot of it you got you kind of get introduced to the new concepts through her. She asks the questions, you know that that sort of thing. But they do it in in such a way that it doesn't. Sometimes when 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 stories do that when they introduce you to a new world and they have like the the 
the eyes, you know, you're, it's being told through the eyes of a certain character. So they're the one that asks the questions and gets things explained to them. So they don't just have a bunch of, you know, dialogue on top of dialogue that shouldn't be there. Um, uh, it's a very common trope in, in storytelling. Uh, but the way they integrate her into it, it doesn't feel like, oh, God, OK, here, here comes an exposition dump just so we can figure this thing out. She's like an active part of the story she's not just like a, a, a what's the word i'm looking at? like a proxy for the reader or for the watcher mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. she she is there to actually be a part of the story and engaged in the story and uh i really like that they did that with her they didn't make her just so like what is this thing hmm, where are we going now this is crazy you know that that sort of yeah. uh, that sort of character they really put a lot of uh, effort and characterization into her and so i really really appreciate that because she's she's amazing she's hilarious mm-hmm yeah, James Gunn wrote every episode hmm. of the season, yeah. from what I understand, and he directed, I think, maybe the first two or three of them. Uh, so, the newest one was yeah. directed by Jody Hill, uh, who, uh, Jody speaking Hill. of Jody Hill, I don't know if you guys still want to talk about Peacemaker, but I had another show related to Jody Hill, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Good old Righteous Gemstones. Uh, Wait, yeah, <laughs> season two just started, right? Yep. Uh, and Jody Hill mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, obviously the co-created that with uh, uh, uh what's his face um mm-hmm. yep <laughs> uh and it's early in the morning i can't think of things names <laughs> right now. Um, but uh, uh righteous gemstones is is weirdly it's it, it reminds me a lot of peacemaker in that it is sort of a weird mashup of genres that balances humor and drama really well um, both yes. on HBO Max and both come out like around the same time. So I thought that was kind of funny because I've been watching them concurrently. Mm. Um, and they really, both the shows remind me, they, they get kind of a dark undertone, um, but at the same time are kind of light and funny in a way. Um, but Righteous Gemstones, the first season is one of my favorite seasons of television ever. Um but this new season so far has been fantastic. It's got Eric Roberts in it with his crazy craggly face and his amazing hair. Uh, Eric Roberts <laughs> needs to I get more high profile years. work. I know he hasn't That's been around awesome. in a while. Yeah, um, uh, but he's still still looking like a snack. Uh, <laughs> 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 a craggly old snack. Um, but that's another show that, holy shit, I, I just can't get enough of it. It's it's such a weird blending in, uh, of genres uh, that, uh, but it, it comes across just beautifully. Um, so definitely check that one out. Yeah, Brent had mentioned that, I think, before on the show, about season one, mm-hmm. at least. Um, and that's another show, like, Danny McBride is awesome. Um, is that the one you were thinking about that? Danny he McBride, co-created? I couldn't think of, yeah. Right on, okay, cool. Um and John Goodman and fucking John Goodman. I don't know how much he's mm-hmm. actually in the show. I don't know if it is more about the other ones. Oh no, he's in a lot. And he okay, great. Holy he, he is such a fucking good actor. It is wild. Oh man, how great he's he amazing. Like that yeah. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Did you guys ever see that? Yes, Jesus fucking love Christ. that movie. Holy shit, he's so god. Good he's in that. so menacing. Oh, I know. But he, at the same time, can be like sympathetic. He can be scary, but then like yeah. very fatherly at the same time. Um, but yeah, that one part Roseanne. in Roseanne mm-hmm. where he punched that wall, that scared the shit mm. out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> He's amazing. Uh, my favorite, I think my favorite John Goodman is, um, the exterminator and arachnophobia. 
Oh. Um, <laughs> he he yeah. just, I fucking love that role, but like, he's just yeah. amazing in everything. And then, uh, yeah, I didn't know if he was going to be, I, I didn't know for this show, if they were setting it up, like he dies early on and then it goes, it's about his sons or whatever, from what I'd heard about the squabbles of the family or whatever. So I was right. hoping he'd be in it more cause he's amazing, but, um, yeah, what a cast and the idea of it just looks you know, funny. I just haven't watched it yet. Another one from HBO. I just haven't gotten to. Everybody in the show brings their A game, and uh, uh, Edie, um, oh God, Patterson. Patterson. Um, holy mm-hmm. shit! She might be the funniest one on the show. She is so fucking funny. Uh, Knives Out was just on TV the other day as we were skimming through the channels, and I saw that she was in it, and I totally forgot. Like, I'm familiar with her from. Uh, like comedy bang bang yeah. and and that that sect of podcasts but um seeing her in yeah. uh fucking uh god damn it's happening to me uh the <laughs> the the scott arkerman directed uh, netflix movie uh between two ferns the movie oh okay. she's in that she's one of the the lead or i guess she's like a, a side character in that but uh yeah she's great in righteous gemstones and uh yeah just coming across her in knives out i was like oh i know who this person is now that's funny i didn't know who that was that she was yeah. in that mm-hmm. I, I need to go back and watch she's like that. The, is she the maid she's the maid, maid yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, um yeah that's interesting she, she has a scene in the first season uh where she's talking about how she her first <laughs> her first love <laughs> was a uh uh one of her teachers um, in college or high school, I forget. Uh, but she, it, of course, telling a joke uh, after the fact is always funny. Um, but the, <laughs> the, the the basis of it is she, you know, is is trying to tell her boyfriend at the time about her first love, and it turns out he was just a guy that she like assaulted and kidnapped his kid. But the way she tells it. <laughs> And apparently she wrote it. She wrote that whole scene by herself. And if you, oh, that's it, awesome. once you see it, you'll, oh, you'll know because it's fucking hilarious. I think I saw a clip of that the other day. She, like, takes his son and they're like, and then we, she found it. We were on the beach. Yeah. And, like, we were having this beautiful day. And, and the like, showed up and they took it's him. It's so they crazy. Took him yeah. from me. <laughs> <laughs> and her boyfriend's like, I forgot about that. That's amazing. Jesus, Judy, that is fucked up. <laughs> Kidnap that kid. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. It's uh, that whole and then her boyfriend, by the way, BJ, yeah. mm-hmm. who is uh, played by the goddamn mm. most talented motherfucker working right now, Tim Baltz, um, mm-hmm. is just brilliant, brilliant. Uh, he, he in the most recent episode, he uh, he's they do this whole scene where he's rollerblading because he likes to keep slow. <laughs> And it's, like, it's like he's dancing and doing these moves and Tim Baltz is just sells it. He is so goddamn funny. I loved him. And another character from uh, Comedy Bang Bang. Um, yeah. He looks familiar, but I don't really know him for much. Like his face, though, mm-hmm. I was like, I know him from something. I just don't know what it is. He's in the show that. Yeah, this oh, is go like. Ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say that this is like the the biggest like role i've ever seen him on any type of screen mm. before like this is like his his showcase for the most part from what i understand yes he, he he also had a mm. he had his own show i forget what service it was on but um it's called shrink bet bet um and unfortunately it's on CISO. it was CISO. that's right that's, <laughs> that's, okay. why, that's why i yeah, forgot the, the name CISO. It. um but if you can find that show again cannot mm-hmm. recommend it enough um because right it was entirely written by him and uh, it is 
It is one of the most criminally under-talked-about shows um, because it got really good um, reviews. Like, and everybody who watched it was mm. like, the show is fucking incredible. It's the best show on CISO. Um, <laughs> which, you know, there were some good shows on CISO. There, there, there were. I, I liked a lot of I was like, CISO. I don't remember CISO. And then it kind of was there. And I was like, I looked it up and it was like, opened uh, January 7th, 2016, closed November 8th, 2017. It's like, okay, Damn. cool. Wow. <laughs> they gave it a shot. Um, yeah. And what, what they had on the show, like the... Uh, uh, bajillion dollar properties was was really good. Um, mm. Take my wife was really good, but I shrink. I th- I still think is a masterpiece, and I really really wish that it had gotten picked up by somebody because I thought Ooh. out of all the CISO shows, if anything was going to get picked up, it would have been Shrink. Um, but uh, yeah, nobody nobody went for it. But their loss. So mm-hmm. at least you got something. I, I guess they. They get the rights worked out for all of those shows and they can start streaming them at various platforms. I know Bajillion Dollar Properties was on Amazon for a little while. I don't know if it's still on there, but uh, I watched a few episodes of it and I thought it was good. Um, Steven, do you have anything on, on your end that you wanted to discuss? The show. Uh, so, yeah, for the last few weeks, I haven't really mentioned anything in the mini topics uh, because we've been in the middle of some shows, but we finally finished two of them. Uh, that we've been watching kind of concurrently. So the first one was an Apple TV Plus show called Home Before Dark. Um, what? Okay. <laughs> uh, I've not I've not heard of that. Okay, cool. Uh, my brother-in-law and uh, and sister-in-law um, had mentioned this before, uh, or to us, whatever, and had really liked it. Um, they compared it to Veronica Mars. It's like a what? a pint-sized detective sort of thing, oh um, investigating like a murder case. But uh, this one's based on a true story about this uh, this little girl who was. I think in Canada, if I remember right, but she, um, Mitch, <laughs> 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 um, she, uh, they made this show about her and it's, it's basically like in the show, she runs like a little newspaper in her, her town in New York. And then they have to move back to her dad's hometown, um, because they go and, you know, go through some stuff or whatever, and they have to move back. And then you find out that his dad, um, when he was like 11 year old kid, um, he had like two friends and one of them was kidnapped in front of him. And then the whole town like blamed this one guy and he went to jail, but it's like, was he really responsible or not? And then the, the little girl kind of brings up the story now and they like rehash a bunch of stuff in the, in the town or whatever. Um, and it's just been like, uh, you know, Veronica Mars, I think is a good way to kind of like get me to watch it. I, I hope if other people like that show that they would watch this as well. Cause it has like sort of the same vibes and, and like pint sized detective who's like, you know, uh, no bullshit. Like, you know, she'll get what she wants sort of thing, but, um, it's been really great. And we finished the first season. They, they do finish like the, the main, uh, mystery, you get that, but it, it continues on into the second season with some threads and stuff. So it kind of keeps you going, but it, you do get some like resolution. Um, but the little girl, I'm trying to find, um, for some reason, the Wikipedia pulled up like something, some album by, by Neil Diamond called Home Before Dark instead of the TV show I'm looking for. <laughs> so that is not giving me the information that I need for her. Um, but she's uh, amazing. Um, and uh, I'm trying to find her name. Abby Miller. Or wait, Brooklyn Pierce, maybe that's it. Brooklyn Pierce is her name. She's She was in the Florida Project, which I've never seen, but I've heard amazing things about. It's a Willem Dafoe movie mm-hmm. um, from a few years ago. And then um, Jim Sturgis is her dad, so he's like the most like familiar face that I knew um, that was in this or whatever. But uh, it's cool. It's like this murder mystery thing, but you know, kind of a, a kid angle. So it's like dark, but not like too dark. Um, but definitely not like a family show, you know? 
Um, but it's uh, it's cool. They they play out a lot of stuff. She'll have like a a notebook. She keeps every track of everything, and she's a little kid, so there's like a lot of drawings and charts and stuff, and it unfolds into this like big treasure map looking thing. And so that's how they do like a lot of the cutscenes when they're like reviewing what happened in the past. Will be like paper cutout kind of animation. Um, so it has like cool views, mm. you know, in it, different things that they do. Uh, but yeah, it was really cool. I'm looking forward to season two. It's on Apple TV Plus, and um, I think I don't know if they're going to do a third one or not. But uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty neat. So I recommend it. That's awesome. Like I've literally never heard of this before, yeah. and I scroll through like the Apple <laughs> TV Plus like shows right uh, frequently. And uh, wow, okay, yeah, yeah. If it has a uh, V Mars vibes. I'm I'm definitely interested. Yeah, in and there are two seasons of this fucking thing. I've still I never know, heard right? Of it. It's weird. Apple TV Holy Plus kind of does that. Like there there are things I just keep forgetting about, even ones that I do know about. And I'll, I'll have to go like through and then be like, Oh yeah, that, that movie or that show's on here. I just don't mm-hmm. remember to go look at them, but everything we've seen and most of the things we've heard about from other people, like people really like, it seems like a lot of their stuff's been quality. I need to check out more of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, but, uh, this one was pretty cool. So, uh, so nice. that was one. And then the other one we were watching at the same time, completely different vibe. Um, Amanda had heard about this through friends at work that had watched it, her boss and another friend, I uh, really liked it. But there's a show on Hulu called The Great that is uh, Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt, Mr. Beast himself. Um, and it's about <laughs> um, Catherine the Great in, like, Russia, um, like, hundreds of years ago. And, and Peter, her husband, is Nicholas Holt. And they, they get married. She's, like, a German. They get married. Uh, so she's, like, the, the going to be, like, the queen, you know, you know like, the, the queen to his king or whatever of, of Russia. But then it's about her, like, plotting to take him over. And she ends up becoming, like, Catherine the Great. And, uh, it's, it's awesome because, um, it's really anachronistic. They don't, they don't, they don't like, uh, beat around the bush about that. It's based on a a play by this guy named Tony McNamara and he turned it into this TV show and they, the first season, uh, is subtitled and occasionally, an occasionally true story. The second season is an almost entirely untrue story. And so they, they play up like a lot of, you know, uh, storylines that might not have like a lot of actual like validity in history, but it's like not meant to be. It's just meant to be like entertaining and it's super fucking fun. Like they'll have modern music in it. They'll have sometimes like modern haircuts, but they do film like in these real palaces and stuff. And they have like the costuming, like it looks le- legit, but they act like modern times and they, they're basically like full of debauchery at that time. So it's like, they're having like orgies in the hallways. They're like, eating you know food off the floor like they're just they're drinking vodka constantly like it's all like just like the craziest weird shit and like they it's very like a very sexual show they they talk about like you know fucking animals and like each other and all the stuff it's it's wild okay was she the one and, that uh, got it's pretty fun allegedly crushed by a horse when she was trying to have yes. sex with it okay okay i'm gonna watch so this they delve sure. into that a little bit it's a rumor huh. that she fucked a horse and then I remembered growing up in like middle school or elementary school and learning about Catherine the Great and the rumor that spread around about this chick who fucked a horse and died. And it, it only like clicked in my head when I rewatched the show. And I was like, oh, my God, that's I, I heard about this <laughs> as a child. It's so random. And they joke about it. And like she has to constantly tell people like she has a baby at one point and they're like. They're like betting on it if it's going to be a girl or a boy or if she's going to die because like so many women then did die. And they're like, if it has a horse head, we're given 20 to one. Oh my God. You know, like they, they always play up this like she really fucked a horse. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's very funny. Nicholas Holt is fantastic. 
Um, and Elle Fanning, uh, they both uh, produce various episodes and stuff, and so they're like really involved in it. And uh, they're both great together. Um, I forget about Nicholas Holt. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. It's hard to avoid the talking about it being great, but uh, yeah, uh, Nicholas Holt. I I feel like I've I know him in a lot of things, but I only when I think back, it's pretty much just X Men that I really have seen him in when I look up his filmography. But he's a great he, fucking actor. He was in that uh, that romantic comedy movie where he's a zombie oh yeah what is that called warm bodies yeah there you yeah, go that was a fun movie yeah i like mm-hmm. that one yeah yeah so he's he's been in things i just haven't seen a ton of them but he's he's really good do you think he got cast because they were like well this lady she like like to fuck beasts who can we hire <laughs> to also be on the show i think Wait you're right yeah. You're onto something there. What's, what's Kelsey Grammer doing? <laughs> what's that now? Oh, wait. Uh, let's go, go the younger, younger one. Okay, got it. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Man, if they flash forward to him being an old man and it was Kelsey Grammer, I would fucking lose my <laughs> shit. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Or if he was just blue and explicably because they're like, it's an occasionally true story. It doesn't matter. You yeah, can actually have a beast it. in this. That'd be like, I'd be down with it. It'd be fine. I, yeah. I, I've noticed like Elle Fanning is another example of um, like the little sister of a f- mm. someone famous who then goes on to be more famous than her older siblings. Yeah. Uh, it's like Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. That's 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 what yeah. I'm going to bring up too. Um, totally. Yeah. Because yeah, Dakota Fanning, I remember was, you know, she, she was she the shit. Uh, and then. Yeah. I have not heard anything from Elle Fanning in uh, uh, nigh on 50 years. I don't know. She, yeah. she just kind of disappeared. She was in um, Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood. She's uh, oh, yeah, that's right. squeaky. Yeah. And that's I was like, oh, my God, Dakota Fanning. I haven't seen her in years. For two seconds. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, she's barely in it. Uh, but Elle Fanning has gone on to do so many more things. And, and this one, uh, some of her acting in this, like, is just fucking stellar. She's, she's like a powerhouse. So, yeah. Well, I think... Uh, Elle Fanning needs to watch out because her younger sister, Box Fanning, is really, <laughs> she set the stage to really, <laughs> two wildly different reactions. I love that one. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh my God, that's amazing. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Dakota, yeah, I don't know, I haven't seen her in a lot, you know, besides that one movie in a long time, so. What, wasn't she in Twilight? Like one of the. Twilight. I feel like you're right. But a couple of the Twilight movies or whatever. When I, yeah, Breaking like the Eclipse, New Moon. Yeah, she was on a bunch of those, I guess. And it's like, oh, okay. Dakota she's one of the Volturi. I've heard that word. Was that was was that Dakota Fanning? You said was in the that is Dakota. Okay. Yeah, Dakota Fanning. That was in those movies. Um, hey, and then yeah, do you think in the in the Fanning. Oh wait, no, that's not gonna make any sense. <laughs> She was in Ocean's Eight. I don't remember that either. No one does. Yeah, there you go. Um, oh my god. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, man, I forgot I saw that movie. I, I always forget I saw that movie. It's really weird. It's yeah. like it escapes my brain. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, she's been in like you know some shows and movies and stuff still, but there's not a whole lot of stuff that I've seen or heard about. So, but uh, but anyway, yeah, it was uh, it's cool. I'd recommend it. It's on Hulu. The Great. Um. And then uh, I had one more I was going to talk about that I finished. Brent, did you have anything for mini topics today, though? No, no, go for okay. it. So uh, last one was just um, a few people had recommended this to me. I, I checked with Mitch. It wasn't him. Um, he he, rec- he thought it was like uh, Rachel and Eric that might have mentioned it. But there's um, a reboot of Are You Afraid of the Dark on Netflix with uh, like new kids and stuff. And um, 
Yeah. Um, I think Christian, my nephew as well, had seen it. He's, he's into that kind of stuff, and he had watched it. I was trying to look up uh, the Wikipedia for it, but I, I can't really find if it's the right one I was watching on there because it says it was like 2019 is when they came back. So I don't know if they did another like reboot thing, but the one I watched was like basically like a three-part miniseries um, that takes place at like a mm-hmm. carnival type thing or whatever. And it, it has um, the new kid on the block from the new It uh, it was the only kid I really recognized. Um, I don't remember his his name, but uh, the actor's name. But um, he's great. At it. He's a little older and stuff in this. Um, but I was a huge Are You Afraid of the Dark fan growing up, and this show was was cool. It's it's definitely like kid friendly and stuff. Um, it's like kind of tame or whatever, but it was still like kind of dark for kids. I thought it was neat, and I had a hell of a lot of fun watching it. Um, the first se- season or the first episode, rather, I I watched and I was like, you know, it's okay. And then the second one, I was like, no, I really kind of looking forward to finishing this and keep going. And then um, by the time I got to the third one, it really kind of wrapped up in a good way. And it was kind of like creepy and stuff. And it was neat how they, they like rebooted the theme, which always creeped me out. Um, the theme song for, for Are You Afraid of the Dark? And they kind of like hmm. show, I don't know, some of the sounds, like they'll be like kids on swing sets and they're like, they'll show them on swing sets and like why they're making that noise. It almost kind of explains what the eerie stuff is or whatever in a, in a creepy way. Um, so they like rehashed some good stuff, but kind of did their own thing. And uh, I thought it was cool. If I was a kid, I would have I really loved this just as much as I, I think I loved the original show growing up on Nickelodeon. And uh, also it was cool because it's, it's shown on Netflix, but it opens with like that classic sort of Nickelodeon opening where it's like, it's like a kids on a skateboard and they, they skate up like a banana peel and come back down. It's just like this weird, stupid thing. And I was like, I just remember Nickelodeon being so fucking weird and stupid and fun and just felt like it was built for kids. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it was like, Oh, they're keeping that alive a little bit. Cause we've talked about that recently too, how Nickelodeon kind of just went defunct. Like it seemed like the best place on earth to go. And now it's like, you know, just like a random shopping mall or something that whatever that place used to be. <laughs> right. It's so, so weird, but, uh, it's kind of cool with this. They, they kind of kept it alive. So, um, I would recommend it just, you know, for horror fans, whatever, just to check it out. It's definitely like kid friendly and stuff, but, uh, it was pretty cool. If you're a fan of, are you afraid of the dark? I think this was, was pretty, pretty great. Is it one through line, like one narrative across all three episodes? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And this, okay. and this thing that I watched. Yeah. So it's like three episodes all around the same story. Yeah. That's funny. I, I'm looking at it on the just watch app and it has the first season available to stream on Netflix and Paramount plus. However, season two no streaming availability <laughs> at all. And it came out last Weird. year in 2021. Yeah. Um, it, it's possible that maybe it's just not updated on the Just Watch app, yeah. but I will I'll never talk shit about this app. It's saved my ass so I know, many right? times. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. I actually saw an ad for it the other day on Twitter, and I was like, I got you, Just Watch. I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the Just Watch app could kill my entire family, and my first oh, reaction yeah. would be like, well, what did they do? What did they do? Did you ask them to tell I mean, you about a movie? They'll tell you. I mean, honestly, they will let you know. It's kind of on so, so it keeps it up <laughs> to know? date with what's streaming where. Mm-hmm. Damn, I need to get that. For, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's like the and, one uh, we would really we'll, we'll pimp no matter what. They don't have to give us money, but that would also be great. But uh, it'd be great if they yeah. could, <laughs> you know, if they. But it's because so we useful. talk about it all the time. But yeah, it like you can select what services you're interested in. So if you only want to know. Mm-hmm you know, via what services you subscribe to, you can do that. Just the Tubies and the Fubos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, if you have access to, to Fubo, <laughs> please get at me because I have no clue. I tried to sign up for it once just for fun and uh, yeah, it did not work. But uh, I, I've expanded it out further just so I can see like, oh, if I 
if I do want to watch it, where can I go to watch it? Because I know like Pluto TV, I don't watch that all mm. the time, but occasionally you can watch stuff on there for free. There's like ads in it, but like yeah. sometimes it's Pluto like, was actually know, really great. Like, Fuck it all. Um, right. I, I got to give big thumbs up. Full disclosure, I've got a friend who works there that's like she's pretty high up in the in the, in the organization, but uh, she she literally spearheaded the uh, James Bond channel. Uh, so it's just a channel that just oh. plays James Bond movies 24-7. And um, oh, so cool. I, uh, big shout out to Lindsay over there. You're not listening. But right on. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lindsay's a big listener of this fan, Ross. This fan of this yeah. show, Ross. No, uh, Ross. What about you? Anything else before we get into the uh, the main topic here? I've uh, just been reading some comics. Um, I've been buying a lot of trades lately, oh, so I haven't uh, been keeping up on my floppies. Uh, there's not a whole. I, I don't know. The state of comics right now is sort of, uh, I, I think, in question for for me. Um, uh, I've been a Wednesday warrior for. A very, very, very long time, and the past year or two has been, I've just sort of uh, stopped doing that and just buying things in mm. trades, because a lot of, uh, especially Marvel, look, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but Disney said they weren't going to mess with Marvel Publishing, and uh, I think they did. <laughs> I, think that, I think that was a lie. Um, but it seems like everybody kind of went over to DC, and so it seems like DC is where the all the fun stuff is happening. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, I've been buying a lot of older trades. So like I, I've, I've gotten into Shade the Changing Man, which I'm sure everyone out there knows. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, uh, early Chris Bacalo art, which uh, has been fun to go through. Um, and then, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's all I'm reading right now, I guess. Uh, then as far mm-hmm. as TV, just Next Generation reruns over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> How many seasons of that are there? There's a lot, right? Uh, I think there's six total okay. seasons. But again, this, is, this is back when seasons were 24 episodes long, and they're all like, each one's <laughs> yeah. an hour. You know, so it's 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 a lot of lot of TV to Damn. get through. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, Man. yeah, not not really. Been reading a lot of the Those things are... that books uh, that Brent loves, which are books. You know, like without pictures. Mm-hmm. Gross. I know Brent's a huge mm-hmm. fan. A huge fan yeah. of that. <laughs> I've been trying to do that more than like uh, watch TV because I feel like a, mm-hmm. my brain is starting to decay from watching so much TV and movies. Uh, that just means you have to watch more. Exactly. <laughs> to go back the other way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to build build brain cells, I'm sure. I got into the, the habit of, of just re-watching things that I'd watched a million times. I'm like, why am I doing mm-hmm. this? I mean, it's nice comfort food, but uh, yeah, need need to challenge myself sometimes. But uh uh, yeah, and and also past year got into YouTube, which I, yeah I was out on YouTube for the longest time. Like I would you know go to it to find like an old SNL clip or something. But as far as like channels by people, I never mm-hmm. really cared or or was interested in that. Uh, but last year I started getting into uh, a bunch of uh, really interesting YouTube channels. Uh, ContraPoints um, is a big one for me. I absolutely adore ContraPoints. Um, she does a lot. What do they do? Of, yeah. Uh, so she she's a trans woman. Um, mm-hmm. She she transitioned like literally on on camera. Like she uh, she's a philosophy major, and so a lot of her uh, a lot of her videos have to do with um, philosophy and, and politics. Uh, but but uh, a lot of it comes from like the the trans perspective because she mm-hmm. she transitioned. So. I myself don't know any trans people. Um, I've never had you know, the opportunity to talk with anyone, really. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's really kind of opened my eyes to that whole world. 
not just the trans world, but like the whole LGBTQ world, uh, which is something I, I was kind of out on. I just don't, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm from Oklahoma. I don't know that stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's really taught me a lot, and uh, it's, it's been super, super educational, and she's really funny, and she, her, her videos have like the production level of like, like better than most TV shows, and she does it all mm-hmm. herself. And uh, uh, so I really, really, really highly recommend if you're even the slightest bit interested in it, just go watch some of her videos. Um, really, really cannot uh, endorse that enough. Also, watch a lot of um, like movie review stuff, like uh, which I know this is a like 180 from the LGBTQ sphere, but I've been watching a lot of Red Letter Media, uh, which mm-hmm. they, they do a lot of movie reviews. Uh, they watch a lot of old shitty movies, which I really enjoy reviews of old crappy B. C D movies. Right. Um, <laughs> so that that's another channel that I've got into. But uh, there's some others, but those are kind of my two big ones that I'm I'm watching right now. But YouTube's been yeah, awesome. I've also only really like in the last year, I guess, too, gotten into it. My wife has been like a huge fan of lots of different channels for years. Um, but I didn't really realize really how good it could be, I guess. And then you find stuff and you're like, oh, this is consistently amazing. I'm going to keep watching this. It's been kind of fun. Yeah, there's stuff on there that I swear they had their production level of a, of a television yeah. show. And oh, it's just yeah. like one or two people doing most of it. And it's super, super impressive. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, that show or yeah, that channel, I guess you were talking about. Um, my wife finds random stuff, too. Like she she follows um i think it's like a lawyer who's blind and so she talks about a lawyer oh daredevil yeah, she talks about hell's kitchen a lot <laughs> and uh and fighting crime uh but it's like her experience being blind is what it mostly is it's not really about the lawyer stuff at all it's just like what it's like being a blind person or whatever and so that amanda likes that because it gives her like a perspective on the world she's never had before and doesn't know any blind people as well right like yeah and it's able to kind of spread awareness of what that life is like um, and then she follows one she got me into recently who's super popular. Her name's Bailey Sarian. She does makeup during the video for like an hour. Yeah, around her face. <laughs> uh, but she, while she does it, she tells true crime stories. Oh. So it's like, it's like made for my wife. And I think a lot of women out there, like my wife loves to watch makeup tutorials on there and she loves true crime. And so this Bailey Sarian, that's all she does is like, and she tells it in a super interesting way. And she'll just like do weird, crazy makeup styles throughout a whole thing. Just talking about like the BTK killer, right? Like <laughs> just whatever. And it's so dark and weird, but it's like, it's fascinating. And she, she tells stories so well that I've gotten really into it. I started watching them too. So, uh, there's, there's a lot of crap on there, but it's, uh, it's awesome. There's the more I find, the more I'm like, man, YouTube's been pretty awesome. It is a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have had YouTube when I was younger mm. because like no matter what hobby you're into, there's a YouTube channel for yeah. it, I feel. And the, yeah, and if you get into the hosts, you can watch their their channel like no matter what it is, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Right on. So let's move on to the, the main topic, which is Green Day, the, uh, the third album by the band. <laughs> it was released on February 1st, 1994. Again, 28-year anniversary oh, is coming yeah. up. So, you know. Feel free to celebrate. <laughs> um, and then uh, the... the us <laughs> <must> be celebrating. <laughs> the album, I, I guess, was 14 tracks. It's now 15 tracks. Um, the, the running time of the 15-track version, which is what I listen mm-hmm. to on Apple Music, is 38 minutes, 22 seconds. However, the 14-track version, so less tracks, it actually has a, a running time. Uh, that's slightly longer because of uh, a minute and 17 seconds worth of silence oh. that, that 
has the hidden track uh, after it. Um, that hidden track is called All By Myself. Since then, I, I feel like, and this is a thing I've noticed here recently, is like whatever used to be a hidden track, they're just like, look, we're just going to put it on Front Street. You can just right. like go and listen to that if you want. We're not going to put you through the silence thing. Uh, which I don't know how I feel about it. One part of me is like, oh, great, I can just go listen to that track by itself. But the other part of me is like, but what about stuff that people have to, like, try to find, you know? It's fun, which is like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun, but also I'm just like, but sometimes I just want to listen to that song. <laughs> you know, I don't want to, I used to, I don't love to scrub it, through seven minutes of silence, you know? Yeah, it depends on the song and the album, but, like, because now in, like, streaming world, I, I still have some, I don't know which, which ones, but I still have some bands that have a song that is, like, seven minutes of silence and there's something at the end and if i listen to that track and i just want to like hear that part it's annoying to like scroll through it or like have it on shuffle or whatever go to the next thing but i miss that with like cds i miss that like you had to find it you had to know about it you had to hear about it there wasn't a fucking internet to look it up you just had to go like you just listen to it long enough and you fall asleep and you're like wait there's another song that was that was really fun <laughs> yeah. right and then they started getting tricky where they would put like negative one you know, like yeah. when you had to actually go back from the first yeah. song. And I remember that was mind blowing the first time I, I, I realized that was possible. Wild, yeah. Didn't they do that on a Bloodhound Gang album or something like that? Or was that or am I thinking of yeah. something different? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember like any examples of it, but I remember like, yeah, that kind of stuff happened. Oh, okay. But it's it's when it, when it got to it on on our listen, we were like uh, painting our house and stuff and listening to this and it got to that song. And it's so weird <laughs> and different that I was like, oh, this has got to be a secret song. Right. This is like a hidden track on that. And I looked yeah. up, I was like, OK, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Not knowing. <laughs> it's like it pornography. Weird. You know it when you hear it. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the the personnel for the album is Billy Joe Armstrong lead vocals and guitar. Mike, is it Durnt? D i r n t. It is Durnt, and the the reason it's Durnt is because um, it, it, that's not his real name. Um, but whenever he would play the the bass, basses can kind of make a Durnt sound uh, a, a little no. bit, and so people started calling him Durnt because that was the sound his bass made. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he plays the aforementioned bass and does backing vocals with Trey Cool, finishing out the trio on drums. Um, have you, have either of you listened to this album before? This is my first time listening to it all the way through, but oh, well, yeah. I, I guess like Ross, it's, oh. it's obvious you said it's one of your favorite <laughs> albums, right? Uh, Steve- Stephen, what about you? Have you ever listened to this album? Well, yeah, before? I was going to say I was fascinated uh, hearing Ross talk about it. And I would love to hear more of your history with the band and stuff and the other albums, because I I it's more like I know songs from this one, like all of the singles. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an amazing song. This is an amazing song. This is one. But I don't remember ever, ever listening to this album in full. There were songs on this that I didn't hear for the until the, like this week for the first time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is a great so album. Different. This is like uh, yeah. it's a. It's a very poppy album. Like you could you could mm-hmm. rework these songs into just like straight up pop songs. Like the melodies yeah, I kind of agree are, are with that. Yeah. super catchy. Um, but no, I think the whole the whole album, uh, I think it still stands up. There's only one or two songs on there that I just kind of I don't hate, but are just sort of sort of clunkers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, uh, for the most part, got this uh, for my birthday. My my cousin got me the cassette, and uh, I was just obsessed. I listened to it. Just I would literally. Listen to the entire album cassette and <laughs> flip it over mm-hmm. and then just push play again. Just like all mm-hmm. day long. Well, because it was one of, you know, five cassettes that I owned at the time. Um, <laughs> I was 11. I didn't didn't have a lot of money. Um, but uh, this this loser. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> you you pop that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie kazoo version of the album out. You're like, I'll get back to you later. I got this new one for my birthday. Did you ask for it for your birthday, or how did how did they get I did this not. to you? Um, it was my cousin who was she was like a super um, like into alt music. She was like uh, I think maybe three years older than me, Brooke, Brent. I think you actually mm-hmm. met Brooke before. Um, mm-hmm. She was the one that bought it for me. So she was several years older. She lived in, I, I grew up with Brent out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Um, uh, mm-hmm. So we didn't have a whole lot of culture where we were. Uh, but my cousin, she she lived here in Tulsa, and she lived in California. She would kind of go back and forth between her parents. But uh, she got she got super into Green Day when they you know first started kind of breaking big, getting big, and uh, she she bought this for me for my 11th birthday at Zio's Pizza. I still remember <sighs> unwrapping it and being like, "Whoa, what is this?" The cover oh was so was so crazy and funny, and had all oh, the, awesome. the dogs mm-hmm. on it. Um, it's it's a great cover. I really yeah, love yeah. The, the art album art on it. Um, but I think Princess Catherine or whatever is trying to fuck that dog that's on the cover, right? Oh, interesting. Do you like zoom in enough? Well, I need a higher quality copy. Let's hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. L Fanning is, is <laughs> sucking off. So she's sucking off the dog. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Before her time too. Interesting. They really, uh, <laughs> yeah. really showed that. Uh, that's awesome though, because I love stories like that. Like, um, I didn't have cousins, but it was like, um, my my grandfather married my grandmother and he already had like other grandkids and stuff that would visit sometimes and they're the ones that like showed us like no doubt because they were like on the east coast so they heard stuff before we did mm-hmm. and i love stories like that where it's like you're just like an 11 year old just going about your life don't even know about how it's about to be fucking changed and your cousin's mm-hmm. like introducing this awesome shit to you i love stories like that that's awesome yeah it, it, and it, it did change my life i mean this was like i had listened to um i was into like uh like alternative rock or had just kind of started getting into it um and so this was like you know a lot of the stuff at the time was was very grunge it was grunge was was huge for the you know the late 80s early 90s my my mom was uh really into um there's a local radio station 104.5 which is like an alternative station Mm -hmm. um my mom was super super into it so anytime we were in the car we always listened to 104 and so um but but this was like, whoa, this is like for me because this is like young. This is mm. like teenager stuff. Whereas yeah. you know, Nirvana, which I loved at the time, um, was seemed... You don't love him anymore. Cool. I was <laughs> correct. Get him now. Thanks, yeah. Mom. Yeah. Um, I loved I loved Nirvana, but they seemed like, oh, this is like older people music. This is like more serious mm-hmm. and more dark and all that. But but Dookie was I mean, come on, yeah, right. Dookie. Like it was like, oh man, this is this is like a target pointed at my head. This is this is for me. Um, and so this kind of became almost like a, oh, this is the real. <laughs> this is music for the new generation, even though. You know, they were probably just a few years younger than 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 Nirvana was, but it, it has like a teenage angsty um, feel to it. But it's also really fun and funny, so it really really struck a chord with me. Uh, going back to the the name of the album, uh, we we have to touch on that, right? Because yeah, like you said, it's called Dookie. I I read this on Wikipedia, so it has to be true. Um, this was I can't remember who said this, but. Uh, it says uh, the name of the album is in reference to a 
to the band members often suffering from diarrhea, which <laughs> yeah. they refer to as liquid dookie. <laughs> as a result of eating spoiled food while on tour, initially the band name or the band was to name the album Liquid Dookie. However, this was deemed <laughs> too gross, mm-hmm. so they settled on the name Dookie. To which I say, I don't think the liquid part is the gross <laughs> section of this. I feel like the dookie part of it. Is the, the, the I feel part, like it's but. better for it, though, to, to remove it. I feel like it's more iconic this way. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something about, oh, yeah, that iconic opening album, you know, that, that really splashed. And the way, <laughs> you know, Liquid Dookie. Made some big waves. Uh, yeah, just, <laughs> it's too much for me. It's too much. Um, I did um, just look up real yeah. quick. I, wanted, I was curious because it said that they won... Um, Best Alternative Album at the 1995 Grammys for this. Yeah. And I was like, well, who'd they beat? Um, and it's wild. I, for one, this category only started in 1991, because that's like, I guess, when alternative music started for, for them to recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it beat Tori Amos, Under the Pink, uh, and Sarah wow. McLaughlin, Fumbling Toward Ecstasy. I have no idea. That seems like wild to me that those would be in the same category. Crash Test Dummies, God Shuffled His Feet, and then it beat Nine Inch Nails, The Downward Spiral. Wow. Wow. Crazy, Holy right? Shit. That's insane. Yeah. So, yeah. As much as go. I love this, uh, Downward Spiral is a better album. It seems like <laughs> one of those. Yeah, right. It's like, honest. this is great, but like, that is, you know, and, game And the fact that they were know. even in the same category Weird, is kind right? of wild yeah. in and of itself, right? They're, because yeah. they're so so wildly different. But that, that was alternative music back in the day. It's like everything kind of left over gets shoveled into that category yeah. because you... You on like Ross was saying on on Z one hundred four point five, the Edge here in town in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, back in the day, you would hear uh, Green Day, you would hear Nine Inch Nails, you would hear the Crystal Method, uh, just like everything, all right. kind of like in a big soup. Everything would, would it was qualify. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it was it Cherry was a lot of variety. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the least problematic band name that's ever existed. <laughs> Um, I was researching this album, and it was produced by Rob Cavallo and Green Day, and Rob Cavallo would actually go on to produce three additional studio albums by Green Day. And so I, I feel like this is a, a stepping point in production that really like put Green Day into the mainstream mm-hmm. in a big way, but also the subsequent subsequently produced albums helped them like cement that. like uh, even if Green Day never had another hit, I feel like they could just tour on their existing catalog of songs mm. based on those four albums and just always bring in oh, yeah. fans and, and money and everything. Um, it's kind of like uh, when when uh, fucking uh, Rick Rubin would go on to produce an album like within a band's catalog. Like They may have released other material, other albums, but then Rick Rubin gets a hold of it and it turns into a, a different thing and... Uh, helps relaunch mm-hmm. that band into he the produced the, the Dixie Chicks album. Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin did. Yeah. Wild. Right. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're treating this fact. You can't take that back now. I, I better double check that. Actually, go ahead. <laughs> um, so uh, the album was mostly written by Billy Joe Armstrong and is heavily based on his personal experiences. Uh, a lot of themes of the album revolve around boredom, anxiety, relationships, and sexuality. And uh, as Stephen was saying, the, the album spawned five singles. And as always, going back, re-listening to this, 
or listening to it for the first time, I was like, oh, shit, that major song was on this mm, album. Mm-hmm. Like, there were so many. It's kind of like when we talked about that Beastie Boys album. Yep. And there's so many fucking hits on it. I think it also had five. Uh, but the, the album's uh, singles are Longview, Welcome to Paradise, Basket Case, When I Come Around, and She. And I saw that, again, on Wikipedia, so it has to be mm-hmm. true. It was a radio-only single, to which I say... What that means? I know. Wasn't that a <laughs> highlighted thing that I can click on? I don't know what radio only single is. I saw that too. That was like the big thing. Is, I there think was no YouTube. A, there was like a rule back in the day where you had to release like uh, a single, like it had to be its own album, like uh, for them to, to count it. Um, like like you know when you you could, you could get like a CD or mm. a single that was oh, like yeah. just like one song, and then it had like a B side that was usually like a lesser known song. Mm-hmm. There was like a rule back in the day that to be counted for like a single, you had to release it as a single. Hmm. Like it couldn't just be part of the album. So they probably just didn't release it uh, as its own thing. And yes, oh. Rick Rubin did produce the Long Way by the Dixie Chicks. Wow. So fuck yeah, suck my butthole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if we go that far, but yeah. I mean, I was talking to my cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's fine. And I'll use this. That's interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, because there was a time where you could just go and buy like an actual like cassette or CD single if you just wanted that one track. However, like on the CD side of things, I feel like for the most part, they were close to the same price as buying the album in and of itself, like maybe a few dollars less. Yeah. But I guess we just wanted that one. Yeah, can you believe we used to do that? Song. I we used that to drive to the insane. fucking mall to do that. Uh-huh. You had to like go out of your way to the like most horrendous traffic in town to be like, I need to buy mm. one song on a CD, please. <laughs> Yes, I will take this one song for eleven dollars yeah. and change, please. Well, if you think about it, like, like wild. At least, especially for a CD, you, you, there's no additional um, like material that you're getting. Like, it's it's still a CD within a case with a booklet on it. Mm-hmm. So the production costs for it would theoretically be the same as mm-hmm. like a full album, right? Yeah, so, right. To them, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Of course, it would be the same because they're like this most cost of what you're CD. buying is. Yeah. <laughs> is a physical thing not not uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're like whether i put uh, 11 tracks or one track it's the same amount of money for me to put a track <laughs> same amount of plastic so and, yeah, fuck it you're yeah. giving me 11 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> how bad do you want to listen to the song over and over again you know i think that's where they would put like uh, obscure b-sides on there so like you would like yeah if you're a collector you're like well fuck i gotta buy this because i want right. this <laughs> one song yeah that was released only in japan <laughs> yeah. sure yeah. Uh, so Welcome to Paradise was a re-recorded version for this album. It was previously on the album Kerplunk, which is the album that came out before, which is, uh, I've never seen that before. Maybe it's been out there and, and, and I've just never come across it, but this oh, is the first time I've seen where where it was like the, the sophomore album. So Green Day's second album, they had a song called Welcome to Paradise. And then they're like, you know what the third album needs? That song again, but we'll re-record <laughs> it. I listened to both versions and it, it seems like this one has... A, a little bit better production value and mm. the 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 vocal melodies are sweetened mm. up a little bit um but overall i mean it, it sounds very similar to this version so um but i mean i guess it paid off because it was you know it's was, it was a hit song for this uh dookie is credited as bringing punk rock into the mainstream and i don't mean like punk punk but like punk rock it seems like it's a uh, a specific version of of that, you know, your your Blink One Eighty Twos, your Something yeah, Ones, 
Yeah, that, that whole era um, that kind of cemented that into a mainstream culture. Um, the album was critically acclaimed upon release and reached number two in the U.S. And like Steven said, it won a Grammy in 95. Uh, the album would later be certified diamond in the U.S., meaning that it sold 10 million copies. It's insane. <laughs> it's a lot. And then it has an estimated worldwide uh, uh, sold amount of albums of 20 million. So... This, this is a, a huge Christ. one. Their, their biggest selling album. Albums don't really do that anymore. Mm. Um, and it's not the, the last album to do this, but like certainly in modern times, it's like, I mean, Stephen, when was the last time you bought a, a Lil Yachty album, you know? A what? Uh huh. <laughs> you just made that Are up. Are you talking about the Sugar Ray album? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry. I should have clarified. Not not the Sugar Ray album. <laughs> little Yachty. But uh, Little Lil, Lil, Lil Yachty. Yachty, the rap singer, as grandparents would Okay, you would still made that up. Um, and yeah, okay. it's been a long time, man. I've been, yeah, streaming music for so long. And I don't, I wonder the last time I even had a, a anything that could play a CD. I haven't even had a computer that had a, a DVD or CD port in years, <laughs> you know? I, I have like an external CD like rom mm-hmm. is that what it's right? called <laughs> yeah right you haven't used it in uh, so long you've even forgot yeah me too it's like is this words right? is this make sense uh but i've got an external one just in case like i yeah. it works with my mac if i get a new mac i don't know if that w- probably not i probably have to have like a series of dongles to even mm-hmm. like get it to work but um yeah it's just like in the off chance that i have to have it right. i have one that i bought like over a decade ago but yeah. We were, um, a man and I were listening to my, I have like a, a Spotify playlist I made of nineties music that we like, and we were mm-hmm. listening to a bunch of it. And there was a certain song that popped up and I remembered like driving around with her and it was like on a, on a c- certain CD in her like CD visor case. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I was like, I can remember getting this out, you know, 20 years ago and like putting it in or whatever. And it was such like a, a memory just from this one, like listening to this one song. But I was like, we used to do that. We used to like carry And if you didn't have that CD, you're just fucked. You just don't get to listen to that song now. <laughs> and now it's just so yeah, if easy. If it gets scratched. Yeah, if it gets scratched, yeah, yeah you're fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so different now. I found a uh, uh, year or two when I was moving, uh, I found my old band's CD that we had recorded. Like we went like to a studio Ooh. and did like a professional recording of, of our music. I found a CD and I was like, Oh my God. Telling my wife, I'm like, this is, this is my CD that I recorded when I was you know younger. This is, this is great. Let's listen to it. <laughs> How? And I was like, um, I think we have to go and sit in the car and listen to this. Oh, <laughs> like, that's amazing. Literally yeah. the only CD player that we had was in my car. I even forget that you, my car has a CD yeah. player until you just mentioned that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a place I can play one. Man, wild. I, I don't think mine has. You know, I couldn't tell you one way or the yeah. other. If I were under oath, they'd be like, I don't, I don't know. I guess I am being held in contempt. I, I couldn't tell you if there's a, a disc uh, drive in there. Mm-hmm. C, CD. What is CD? What is you remember when but, like, they, yeah, so yeah. like cars, CD players would they would have like like gra- like moving graphics of like dolphins and planets and stuff <laughs> yeah. the cool like, ones yeah like yeah you'd go to like uh like best buy or right wherever, and you'd see these like fancy huge decks you're like man that's the one i want oh it's a it's a five disc changer holy shit you can have five CDs oh my god available at any time and now like all i want is just that little auxiliary port right but hell even now like i don't even need that because it's bluetooth mm-hmm. so it's like i just get yeah. in my car and shit starts playing yeah it's great amazing it's crazy that like the Bluetooth, like syncing to your car's 
like stereo system sounds better than if you were to actually plug your phone into your car. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me, but like for my it's car, true. if I do that, it's like super tinny. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's wow. low quality. I have to like turn my stereo all the way up, and you still don't have like the level of bass quality as if I were to just like use Bluetooth. Yeah, it's you easier. You change your auxiliary cord because that shouldn't be the case. Bluetooth. Oh. Blue- Bluetooth is compre- it, it compresses audio, um, so it's always going to be worse than a wired connection. Um, well, we uh, we took my car to as like shortly after I got it, we took it to a, an audio shop or whatever, and they were like, "Yeah, uh, with Jeeps." There's just not a whole lot you can do without dropping like several thousands of dollars. And I was like, I'll just make this work. That's fun. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did hear uh, that. I don't know who Chrysler, whoever bought Jeep like years ago. And I don't even know if they're around Mm -hmm. anymore, but it's like they've they've changed the quality of some of their their stuff, I guess. Um, So maybe that's the case. Like maybe used to. They had great auxiliary reports, but not anymore. They said Brent's (laughs) buying one of these for the worst. Yeah. Bluetooth (laughs) only. Who knows? I mean, it works. It works for me. Yeah, yeah Bluetooth mainly is good. just like listening to to podcasts in there yeah. anyway. So, <laughs> I turn up the bass. That's Scott Ackerman's voice. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> um, so, uh, Green Day left their independent record label, Lookout Records. Uh, oh, by the way, Lookout Records have a exclamation point in their name, mm. doing it right. You oh know? yeah, there, damn straight. There's one thing I can I can say that that's not going to hold you back at all mm-hmm. uh, when people like search for you. Yeah, throw the exclamation point in there. <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh, beneficial for sure. We know absolutely. That. <laughs> so it sets us apart. Uh, but they left Lookout Records to sign with Reprise for this album, and despite leaving Lookout Records on good terms, uh, the band's original fans uh, felt like the uh, like Green Day had sold out for doing so, and uh, which is such a weird feeling, you know that that weird like gatekeeping type of ownership of a thing you don't actually own mm. because it's like well I like this band I want them to continue to make more music and do that as a full time job but they better not you know? make money god damn it but they better not make fucking money <laughs> if they do it god damn it like I never really understood the sellout either. thing like part of me understands if you like change your your musical direction like yeah. the aforementioned Sugar Ray right. uh, totally. because you, you want more of the thing that you initially <laughs> liked and they're going in a different direction that, that I understand but like just being mad that they change record labels and like I said they left on good terms it seems like they still like no one liked the people that worked there at the time like who cares like that's such a a, a deep thing it seems like a very personal thing for the band like having to to make that choice like why would you why would anyone who's going to a concert or buying a, an album care about that you know the, the whole punk subculture mm. is just insufferable i i like a lot of punk music but i could never like join the punk subculture it's 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 a lot like metal where it's if you aren't doing this exact thing that mm-hmm. sounds exactly like this and obeying these strict exact tenets you're not real punk or you're not real metal and i fucking mm-hmm. hate that because it just makes music sound incestuous where it all sounds the same metal is really really bad about it um i think punk has kind of loosened up a little bit where it's not as like gatekeepery but metal goddamn the worst gatekeepers in music um like like they'll, they'll look at something like a uh, uh, system of a down or something and be like well that's not real punk or not 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 real metal um because it has you know weird elements in it or whatever I, and I, I just can't stand that um things can be things and mm. they don't have to be 
<laughs> set in stone and they don't have to check off every single check mark and like well well this beat isn't a blast beat so you can't consider them a truly blast metal whatever i fucking hate that yeah as, as a, a big metalhead myself uh, i will agree with that it's like if you go to various metal websites or whatever just for like album reviews or discussion or whatever you'll often see like based on the comments there which i try not to read anymore it's like everything is metal and also nothing is metal <laughs> like it's impossible yeah. like it like black sabbath and iron maiden get a pass almost universally however anything outside of those two bands is not and even some like efforts by by bands aren't considered like true metal like right. judas priest is almost uh, to that same I, I would i would put them in that same column as well so maybe those three bands but there are certain albums that come out and people are like ooh, that's not that's not gonna work but it's like just let the band do what they're gonna do I know. and like what you like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they, they as a creative person, you want to stretch your legs a little better, try something different. And sure, maybe it's like not the best ever you put out, but maybe the next go round, you'll you'll get back to it or or whatever. Sometimes people just evolve. So It's weird, too, that like uh, I think especially for punk, but metal seems the same way that there's so such like counterculture things that it, it shouldn't have any rules. That it shouldn't that kind of be the point that it's just like you do whatever you want to do. Like it seems like organically, that's how it would come about that uh there's like certain tenets of like what punk is i guess and like it they talked about like coming out of uh, berkeley and stuff california that that was like that scene whatever growing um and like kind of created green day and they were they were flourishing out of that but uh i guess those people those fans are like we like being this counterculture we don't want you to like be mainstream but green day is a very mainstream band and mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something like very like universally loved about them for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and so obviously like they took off, you know, and it, it hit. And yeah. it's like you shouldn't be mad about that. You should be happy for them, right? Exactly. And I don't think Green Day is the. I don't think they're the ones who put the punk label on themselves. So it's not fair to like whenever they just write songs how they write songs right. between the three of them. If they want to write a popular song, then they get to do that. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I just the. There, there's part of me that uh, thinks it's very pretentious for for bands themselves to be like, oh, we don't like labels. We're we're not we're not into like labeling our music because most of the time it's just like, oh, you just sound like a worse Hall of Notes to me. <laughs> like that's that's all you are. But also, I I I don't like it when the fans necessarily add a, a label to certain things. Yeah, you know, like I, I, it depends on where it's coming from, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I try not to to concern myself too much with. Uh, with labels, I guess. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. I remember hearing an interview with Billy Joe a, a long time ago where he said that uh, the the punk community sort of um, like brushed him off because he could sing too good. He he was like too good of a singer, and the melodies were like they were too like melodic or whatever. Uh, real punk, you can't Ooh. sing, and it has to be shitty. <laughs> like, Weird. Mm-hmm. And he got kind of ostracized from the punk community growing up because he was a good singer. Which mm-hmm. is just Again, great. it's like you guys are good. We don't like you. It just yeah. sounds so stupid <laughs> to me. Like, <laughs> what's that? That whole gatekeeper room? Yeah, man. You it's know, random. way of living. Um, the, I I heard an interview with a, an artist um, like a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about how um, they were looking at other like modern artists' work, um, and this is in like the realm of comics or whatever. And they were like, Ugh, nobody's like pushing the their art forward They're, nobody's doing anything that's like insane or, or, or uh, experimental and i was like well i mean th- I, that's probably true but also like 
if you're an artist, you're and you're like trying to pay your bills for the most part. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, you just have to do like jobber work, and maybe your your style develops over time. But also, like for like just speaking for myself, like sometimes I just want to draw a cartoony dinosaur. That's all I mm-hmm. want to do. Like yeah. <laughs> I I don't want to necessarily like push boundaries all the time. Like I just like want to work on my my whole thing for me. Yep. Like I don't know. It's like a weird perspective to where it's almost like well, unless you're like pushing the art form you shouldn't be doing it at all it's like well fuck off it's like art like everybody gets their own version of that mm-hmm. i don't like people dismissing other artists just because it's not like up to their quote-unquote standards or whatever and people gotta eat and you can always mm-hmm. go back and do something you can do something kind of mainstream and then go back and do something more unique and off you know off the beaten path or whatever mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> yeah you get those gatekeepers that nope they sold out fuck them forever I mm-hmm. can't stand that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, like so many other people were turned on to Green Day and if a few like original fans were lost in that mix or whatever, I don't know. The rest of us at least got all these amazing songs. So <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I so, think we won. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm sure like that was their opinions at the time. And maybe they've since come back around. Like my tastes have certainly changed. I used to hate boy bands when I was younger. But now if I hear Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. Come on the radio. I'm cranking that fucking thing nice. up in my tinny ass Jeep. Best believe. Yeah. Best believe. Um, so on the, the, the songs for this album, um, since everything was demoed early in the process, whenever it came time for them to record, they were able to get every track on this album recorded within three That's weeks. That's crazy. It is crazy. But, you know, having the perspective of knowing that Welcome to, the, or Welcome to Paradise was re-recorded for this one and hearing the original version of it, I was like, oh, well, everything was right there. They just mm. simply went in with like maybe better better recording equipment or or something, and they just knocked them all out again. And it's just, better mixes. It's so, yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't listen to their other albums before this. I looked at some of the tracks from the, the later albums because I was curious of which ones I knew from, you know, after this one came out, whatever, but... Uh, I would be mm-hmm. curious to go listen to them more in like a raw form with those those original two. Um, but this is like these are the songs that I first knew them, you know, and um, they they have a, a sound to them that just instantly hooks you. Mm-hmm. So I think so, too. Um, a New York Times reviewer stated about the album. Apathy has rarely sounded so passionate. I was like, damn, mm, you just killed it in a line. That's that's, that's exactly how I feel about this. Like we're going to steal I, that. I rarely. That's us. Yeah. Uh, Brent, Brent I'm sorry. Said it. A, an, an LTAS person who read a thing on Wikipedia said, quote, so, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't pay attention to lyrics for the most part, but like for this, as I was going through and re, uh, re listening to the songs I'd heard, then listening to these new songs, um, yeah, it seems very like, uh, very much from the perspective of somebody who's dejected about their mm. current reality, but they're they're singing so passionately about it that it's you feel it almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really impressed by that. And you know those those first five singles I've heard several hundred times on the radio, but um, listening to the album as a whole kind of shed new light on mm-hmm. it. I think. What do you What do you guys think? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Steven, uh, have you have you heard all five of those singles previously? Yeah, I had notes about them. Um, 
the Welcome to Paradise actually was the one Amanda recognized first and started singing along. And I, I didn't even recognize it for the first little bit, whatever. And then it got into it and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I know this one. Um, and then yeah. eventually I think all the ones that I saw listed on there, I, I knew. But uh, like Basket Case is like the number one for me off of this that I, I remember so much growing up. Um, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I come around, I think those are the, the two that I like. I still listen to those like quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I have that nineties playlist and their green day is definitely all over it, you know, um, as uh, with a ton of other bands and stuff from the era. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think I knew, you know, pretty much all of those. Um, I liked some of the other songs. I, I had a few notes. Um, I liked it as a whole, like the whole album, I think flows really well together. And like Ross was saying, I think you could sort of take some of these songs and re-record them in different ways and they would still be like really good and different. Um, and there were a few that like, especially towards the end, I I don't know if I was trying to rush. I was trying to re-listen to it again before the show. Uh, and I was just like, towards the end, it just all kind of sounded the same to me a little bit. And that the, the singles that I knew drop off of there, there's not really anything that I knew. Um, but yeah, it's all like pretty good. I don't know that I would listen to this album in full a whole lot, but I, I definitely love the singles off of it for sure. Mm -hmm. The the back half of it falls off. Right. Okay. I, I will say that. I didn't know if that was just me. Yeah. But that, yeah, there you go. Ross said yeah. it, so it's true. It's <laughs> I trust him more. <laughs> I'm the Green Day expert. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, uh, not really. <laughs> between the three of us, certainly. Um, I I love the the way the instruments mix together on this. Like the the mm. guitar and bass work so oh, yeah. well together. Um, there are certain albums you go back and listen to, and you can definitely tell there's a separate like audio channel for guitar versus bass. Like there's not a proper melding of those. Mm. But I will say the the bass is some of my like favorite moments of this entire album. Like when I come around, like when he sings that line, there's a little like bass lick mm-hmm. real quick that happens, and I'm just like, oh man, it sounds so good. Because a lot of times in like a lot of the heavy music I listen to, the bass gets like you're either following the rhythm guitar or you're just like so far down in the mix like it's not even you don't really even notice yeah. it so as i'm going through and listening back to um you know this album never mind you know some other ones there's it stands out way more to me and i i just have so much appreciation for it like <laughs> bass players are the letterers of music you know it's like you <laughs> you don't really nice. You don't really know you need it until it's bad or not there. And you're like, oh, OK, that's yeah, yeah that's it's an important component there. So I, I, I play bass and um, listening back on this, I realize how much of my bass playing is influenced by this album. Mm. Oh, for sure. Uh, just kind yeah. of like subconsciously. I, I just my bass lines tend to come out like this. Nice. Because um, I just I kind of enjoy. Yeah. When they obviously when the bass follows the guitar, it's just pointless. I don't understand why. Why even put a seventh string on your guitar and just play that? Like that's usually what bass players play. It's just the 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 lower uh, the lower melody. Mm-hmm. But uh, he takes it to you know he elevates that bass line up to something that uh, is in there is 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 stands out in the mix um, and just adds to the melody because it's a very melodic album. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a lot of notes about that too. And and man, yeah, you guys are right. Like that baseline is so inventive and fun in this album and you can hear it clear clearly all the time. And it's just as exciting as the guitar is, um, which is really fun. Mm. Like in a three piece band too, that like they all kind of shine, like the drums do some fun things in there. Like they have a lot of like breaks in the songs that just, they all kind of are like playing their own little thing and they're always inventive and and just fun to listen to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. 
that's for sure like the dynamics are well uh, more dynamic than what you would hear in like typical punk so the dynamics are dynamic yeah you can say that's that. one thing that can be said <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that was said and it was unfortunate <laughs> but not the most unfortunate thing i've said today so <laughs> go back to the top of the show the dynamic dynamics are dynamically dynamic oh man mm-hmm. yeah you gotta yeah <laughs> you said that so dynamically. I was just, I was just, it like took me a second. Um, the uh, the band played Woodstock '94 during this album cycle, Ooh. and that's where the uh, the infamous <clears throat> mud fight between the band and the audience took place. And it never clicked in my brain. I I don't know that I necessarily knew when this album was released. I remember hearing and like seeing footage of that mud fight, but it never clicked with me that this that that happened on this album cycle. Like that's Wild, when yeah. Green Day like hit the mainstream big, and then like. They got, they got in this massive mud fight at Woodstock 94, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, damn, they really, like, showed up. And I also read that that's the same concert where, um, the, because they were, like, covered in mud, one of the security guards thought that Mike Durnt, the bass player, was a fan yeah. that got on stage, so he went and, like, tackled them, and Mike Durnt, like, ended up breaking a tooth and, and whatnot, so <laughs> yeah. um, I was like, man, that's fucked up. Maybe a good sign is that he has a bass strapped to his body. <laughs> Maybe you look for that. Maybe you look for instrumentation next like, time. This fan is still in the bass. Get him! <laughs> ACAB, you know, even back then. Damn. Um, so, like I mentioned at the end of the last episode, we're not going to go track by track necessarily, <clears> but <throat> if you guys have notes on any particular songs, we can certainly go through that. Um, before we, we get into that, uh, do either of you have a favorite track on this mm-hmm. album? Ross? Welcome to Paradise. Oh, right on. Oh, that's that's yeah. my favorite as well. It just had, like, a lot of good energy, a lot of good, I'll say it again, dynamics, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I love the bass tone on it. There's a, a point where uh, the the guitar drops out, so it's just like bass and drums, and it just yeah. has like a, a really sweet, warm tone to it. So I like that song a lot. Yeah, and the the, the harmony on the on the uh, chorus, um, it's a simple harmony, but fuck me, man, it sounds so good. The uh, the pay attention to the blessings and the broken homes, mm-hmm. and he's doing like the the in the background they're doing the the, the harmonized like ah. Oh, yeah. Man, it just fucking it, it's it's again a super simple harmony, but like it sounds just so fucking good, um, and, and it fits in with the lyrics really well because uh, you know it's it's uh, it's this kind of like pretty it's this pretty melody, this pretty harmony, and he's talking about um, you know moving out, which is something that. I mean, everybody, you know, kind of goes through. Your, your first place that you live is always a piece of shit. Usually, mine was. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that this <laughs> flop house he moved into <laughs> wasn't as good as my parents? Yeah, yeah. Ranch <laughs> estate. It wasn't a ranch estate, but like, no, no, it was. It was, it was a. Uh, but it was fun, you know. At the same time, it's uh, and it kind of has this like melancholy. When this album came out, like I obviously liked this song. But I think now as an adult, this song resonates with me way more than any other song on the on the album, um, just because it, it takes me right back to that time when I when I moved out. Um, so I, I hands down my favorite song on the track album. Yeah, right. Track on, on the song album track. Yes. <laughs> very dynamic. On this yes. record, it's very dynamic. <laughs> my favorite one. Um, yeah, I mean. I like that song too. That's the one I didn't recognize at first as much, but um, like you mentioned, like those harmonies in there. Like once I got to that part, I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, this is like 
still like scratching those memories, bringing things up that I, uh, it's like brings you back to a place in time, I guess. But, um, yeah. basket case for me still, I think is just, it's still, I don't know, one of my favorite songs from that era that like got me into this type of music. Like I think I got more into pop punk and stuff with like blink 182 when they came out. That's when I was mm-hmm. really, and I started listening to like MXPX and, um, I don't know. And oh, yeah. right. Uh, and then, Green Day was always there, but I almost had them like separately because it's like this came so much earlier in my head and like I was younger. So time felt like way longer. Now it seems like, oh, they, that was like just a few years apart. Yeah. But in my head, it was like a long time apart. It's like different schools apart. Right. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, looking back on this, like that's one that's stood, though. Uh, the test of time for me is like Basket Case. It's just it's I, I'll still anytime it comes on, I just fucking listen to that song. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's that one. one of the uh, first songs I learned to play on guitar, and I feel like that's right. true for a lot of people. Nice. Like, this is one of the first songs I learned to play. Yeah, that's it's a, a great call. song. Yeah, I think that's a, another point that can be mentioned when when talking about bands like this, and and you know the the main audience or maybe the old old heads from that era uh, not liking a band, being able to change your style and move forward or whatever. But there's something to be said for them then going on to be able to inspire generations to pick up a guitar drums Mm -hmm. or bass whatever and um and that that type of uh mindset that that comes along with it um so i don't know just the the whole gatekeeping thing really bothers me (laughs) just just, to go back to that those fucking assholes just to to go back to the well on this one it's bad and stop it Um, so the song Longview, um, I, I read that that baseline that Mike Durant wrote. Uh, he wrote it one night when he was high yeah, on LSD. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then like, then the next day they got up and they were like, let's see if we can remember it. So what we hear on the album is what we can remember of, of what was oh, so written like or whatever. it's like the tribute from uh, Tenacious D. It's <laughs> yeah. like we don't actually remember yeah. what he wrote last night, but this is a close approximation. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah. Tribute is a good example of one of those songs, kind of like the Monster Mash, where the song Monster Mash Wait. is not the Monster Mash. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just like he's singing That's about right. the song yeah. he heard at the 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 Monster good Mash. Good call, yeah. yeah. It's not as good as Monster Fuck, but yeah, nothing is. What could be, you know? <laughs> um, any other songs you guys wanted to uh, to mention or have notes uh, for? Having a blast. Um, mm-hmm. I. You know, obviously I've heard this album a million times, but listening, re-listening to it, I, I was reading the lyrics along with it, which I know sure, certainly I, I had to have read the lyrics to this before, but I guess it didn't really stick with me that this is basically like a, a Suicide Bomber song. Oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't yeah. see the lyrics for that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, read the lyrics to that thing. Because um, it's talking <laughs> about like, um, this time I've really lost my mind and I don't care. Um uh, I, I can't remember all the lyrics right now, but it, it's basically like I'm, I'm, I've given up. I'm, I'm literally the, the first line of the song is like I, I'm wearing explosives strapped to my back. And <laughs> you're all coming with me. Um, so oh yeah, well. seems right there in the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely right about that. I like the kids' bop version of it. Oh I think yeah, it's <laughs> sweet and wholesome. <laughs> it's really fun. It just does something different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like when there's a male vocalist but then like a, a female youtuber covers the song it just adds a different layer there you go that's how i feel about children singing about suicide bombers <laughs> it's just like the dynamic shifts and it's just i don't know it's cute i don't know if you're right about it i mean the first line is taking all you down with me explosives duct tape to my spine nothing's going to change my mind I, I don't know it's kind of there's a lot yeah, of subtext there a lot of different ways yeah, yeah you gotta unpack that yeah <laughs> 
Wow, that's interesting. I didn't. Uh, that's one thing. This like listen or whatever. I listened to it twice before the show, and uh, I didn't look up any specific lyrics. It's like the songs that I knew. I know a lot of words to, but I. I honestly was like, I don't really know what these are about at mm-hmm. all. So I got a little bit from reading online about them, but I didn't go through like, you know, each song and like look at the lyrics or anything. Uh, it can really change songs sometimes and something like that. Like I, I did not know that listening to it. And I wrote, I know it was like the first time I listened to it, it was like, okay. The second time I like the melody <laughs> and then it's like, Oh wait, <laughs> it's actually this, this more to it. Yeah. You the know? melody is great. There you go. What do you guys think about uh, burnout opening the, the album? It's like, a short little like count in and then it immediately just like snare rolls right into the album so there's no uh build up or anything that snare is perfect Mm -hmm. that snare that that snare kickoff is brilliant i love Mm -hmm. it Steven, what do you think? I like the song. <laughs> I literally have like no notes about it. I, I I did think when I first put it on and it went to the second song, I was like, oh man, this is like like punk songs are so fast a lot of times. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is this album's gonna go fast. And for the number of tracks and how short it like the whole album is, uh, it does go by really fast. But um, yeah, I like these first two songs in a row. Um, kind of how they, how they float or whatever. That's I just had like little notes about them though. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I guess I'm just like used to um, part of partly from Noisy November, and then also part from just like listening to other albums. I'm used to there being some like uh, either like separate intro to an album, mm-hmm. or maybe like a buildup of some sort. And this is just like nope, fuck it, here we go. <laughs> right. uh, We're which, doing this. Which is like I don't know. Like I, I don't listen to a lot of like opening tracks that start that way. So uh, it was kind of fun that they just like jump into right it. They're like, fuck, we're just going to go. We're just going to start going. So uh, I felt that's a, a good preview of how the rest of the album is. There's some slower songs, of course, but like that's a good starting point, I feel. So I thought that was a, a cool little like non-dynamic dynamic. Mm-hmm. How about that one? <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> Man, that's so funny. Yeah, most of my notes that I had were, like, about the, the singles and stuff. I had a few other ones that it was kind of like, oh, I like, this one's okay. I like this one better, the second v- or second listen. Um, I like how things flow together. That was interesting. Like, I think listening to an album in full versus listening to the singles that you know is always kind of fun because, like, before Longview, which I know, uh, mm-hmm. Chump ends on, like, an instrumental kind of ending for, like, 30 or 45 seconds. And then it goes mm-hmm. right into the other song. And I'm like, oh, there's like a whole intro to this that I've never heard. And it was kind of cool Same, to get yeah. that transition. Um, that's the kind of stuff you, you get whenever you listen to it in full. So The, uh, the radio station, mm-hmm. the Z104.5, used to, uh, they would play both of those songs back to back. They did that with, with several oh, right other songs that would like lead into each mm-hmm. other. Um, and so that was always fun to hear. Oh, like, I love oh, that. Cool, they're going to do like the this and then lead into the next song. Oh, that's cool. It was always fun to hear that. Yeah, missed on that one. I used to listen to 104.5 too. I like that stuff, but um, I don't remember like a lot of the the details of it. I just remember it always being around. It was like the the cool station. Mm-hmm. Is it still around? It is still around, but it's certainly not the cool station anymore. <laughs> it's, it's now the Imagine Dragon station. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, every time I turn it on, I'm like, this sounds like every time I turn on 104.5, I don't know the songs. Um, but it sounds like mm-hmm. every time, like it sounds like the same song they just play over and over and over again. I don't is know. it still alternative, quote unquote? Yeah, it is. Yeah, like it's it's either something is going to sound like Imagine Dragons or it's going to sound like every grunge song you've ever heard in your life. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. those are the two 
the the two things every once in a while like on friday i was i had it on my radio at work and they played brass monkey i was like fuck yeah yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> and then, then it's like here's 12 songs that all sound like they were written by young the giant like that's that, that's that's exactly how it goes but i mean look there's so many different streaming platforms yeah. for music you can find music on like i don't blame people for not listening to the radio i still do it just like at work mm. because it's you know something to listen to in the in the background but um yeah, yeah i don't do a radio so, i haven't in so long it's another thing like cds like i just let that go so long ago because the commercials mm-hmm. and shit i yeah. just don't and yeah. i just like picking my own songs like i've i've really loved the streaming era i i wish that artists got more money i wish that i could give them more money and i i'd like to be more of a collector in that way like i have some actual like records for that reason mm-hmm. even though i don't have a record player i'm just like <laughs> trying to support artists that i like and maybe it's like signed or whatever but i'm like Spotify specifically for me has given me so many more bands that I never would have discovered. And I love formulating playlists and like keeping track of things as I find them or whatever. Like it's, it's so, so good in that way. And I've just given up on, on radio to be like, Oh, you can't tell me what to listen to. I listen to what I want to listen to, you know, <laughs> get out of my face. Get out of my ears. Yes. My whole Snyder cut thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you when I'm stopping. Yeah. Yeah. Can't tell me what to do. Yeah. Oh, a commercial about low T. I better turn Ooh. this one up. Oh God, there's like a MAGA commercial on 104.5 that. Dude, they played on KMOD as well, and Jesus they played on several Christ. stations. I'm like, why is this Weird. happening? Yeah, it fucking sucks. I immediately change it anytime yeah. I hear that. What is it? Like, what would they even advertise? It's something about like, it's, why aren't men men anymore? Hey, come get mm, testosterone yeah. and be a man. Make <laughs> oh, America God. manly is, again. <laughs> like they literally say, like which make is, America manly or masculine again or something yeah. stupid. Yeah. And, yeah. And they there's a, a version of this commercial and it's been around for like 18 months or something like that. This this mm-hmm. they're advertising the, the commercials have changed. But there was a point where after Biden got in office, uh, the a commercial came out and was like, what we think the president would say, let's make men men again. And it was just like, OK, <laughs> all right, all right yeah. piece of shit. But it is like Man. comical to me because it's like. Uh, they're making fun of soy boys and and, uh, oh and they literally say soy boys. Yeah. And then they talk about um, uh, do you spend most of your time making sure your shirt matches your socks? And like for me, I'm like, yeah, I like to dress <laughs> yeah. that way. But then but then they're like, <laughs> basically what they're saying is like, is your dick shitty and doesn't work? Well, hey. <laughs> You're a real man, right? It's like, no. hey, my shirts match my match my socks and my dick works. So what does it tell me mm-hmm. about you guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm you know just half of that equation, but still, but still. Either way, though, I'm uh, preying on like yeah. like men's like anxiety, like male yeah. anxiety, and that's always mm-hmm. just the dumbest fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. That sounds super fun. I gotta that's listen to really the radio cool. again. <laughs> gotta get back into it for those commercials honestly if you were to go buy a new car steven and you were at the dealership and you you're like how much is this and the salesperson was like oh it's this amount you like snap the antenna off the car <laughs> yeah. throw it on the ground you're like now how much <laughs> i would not be He's surprised like, well, more because we have to fix that you just broke our car so I, I just saved you from and, a MAGA commercial, man. And, and then you just like turn your body like facing the opposite direction. You're like, I'm walking away. I'm walking away. Come down a little bit. Um, any other notes for for uh, Dookie? You guys? I don't really have any now. Not for any specific okay. songs. All by myself is the best song. Um. <laughs> it's so weird when you just hear it out of context, not knowing it's a hidden track. The song about jerking off. Is that what it's about? It is. 
Oh man, I gotta listen to it deeper. I remember when when I was really young, I, I was listening to it. My dad walked in and he was like, "What is this?" I was like, "Oh, it's a song. I don't know what it's about." And he listened to it and he was like. <laughs> like, don't repeat this. That's the uh, the hidden track on the album mm-hmm. that's now just easily you can just like yeah. select yeah. it on your your streaming yeah. service. But uh, it's written by Trey Cool. So only yes. song you wrote on the <laughs> I like album. That, yeah, insane. <laughs> but he plays guitar and sings on it or whatever. You and like the the opening of it is you could hear like chatter in the studio. So they were just like fucking around yeah. and they recorded this thing. So I like when they do that. It's like shows personality mm-hmm. of the band. And then like I hope that Trey Cool got some like fat residuals from this track. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's selectable now. He's like, guys, right. you don't understand. We'll never know what my residuals are because it's like buried in this track that you guys fucking wrote. This so, is my contribution to yeah. the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was curious. Uh, I mean, we can if you have any more of this album, that'd be great. But I was curious for the the following albums. I was looking at like the ones that came after this that I knew um, because Insomniac was their next one that came out a year later. I don't I don't know. I knew like some. Um, it has like brain stew on it that I knew, but like mm-hmm. other than that, I don't recognize any song titles, any of the single titles. I'd have to listen to them. Um, but Nimrod came out next. That's the one I remember listening to the most. Again, that was like, I think closer to like the blink One Eighty Two era when I was getting way more into that stuff. Uh, so I was curious with you guys, if you, after this album, what you listen to more, you know, uh, this one or those or whatever, this one for me, for sure. But I listened to the next two a lot. Um, okay. but I, uh, Nimrod was where I just like fell off. I I stopped listening to Green Day and then uh, they did like Warning, which was like fine. Mm -hmm. There was a couple songs on there that were okay. Yeah. And then when American Idiot came out, I was just like done. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's kind of where I stopped too. I just, I was completely, I have not listened to Green Day or checked in on Green Day ever since then. I did not like that album and uh, because I'm a big, I'm a big George Bush fan, so Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I was, I was sorry. Don't make fun of the president. Well, yeah, we've all seen your your hat that says "About Dat Bush." So, <laughs> I mean, we're all familiar. Um, I think isn't that American Idiot that the stage play was developed about? Is that the name I think, of that? Yeah, that play? sounds right. Yeah, and they started wearing like ties and stuff. Yeah, probably gross. make sure his shirt matches the socks hey. too. Ugh, gross. What a piece of shit. What a soy boy. <laughs> basically, like, yeah, it was hot like really... topic for the next. 10 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went back to look at like Nimrod, I was like, oh, I know like so many of those titles. That's the one I feel like mm. I, I had the CD of the most that I remember. Uh, like, and then it's pretty much after that though. That's like, I remember really liking that. But then I, I don't think I ever listened to like American Idiot in any full fashion. It's like some singles on there when I went through it. I was like, oh, I remember that one. I remember that one, but I haven't heard them in a long time. Um, but I still up through like Nimrod. I still keep some of those songs in rotation that I listen to now. Um, yeah. So just kind of curious, Brent, did you, uh, have anything to say about those? Uh, no, like I, I just know from the radio, like I've never owned a green day album. I've mm. never listened to a full album of, of theirs until this, this past week. Yeah. Uh, but I liked what I heard. I think these guys have a future out of them. <laughs> um, again, I feel like they, uh, could just tour off of those, for uh yeah those four albums that rob cavallo um produced and they'd be fine but i i do like that they're still out there making music they uh put out an album i think in like early 2020 before the pandemic kicked off um and they had like a tour set up and everything but it was like very different from what i had heard of green day before uh i can't remember what the name of the song is but like 
It was very like uh, poppy. And I don't think I think at this point when uh, they play the song live on some like uh, late night show, Billy Joe Armstrong, he just like sang vocals. He didn't have a guitar <laughs> at all because they have a touring guitarist they play with. But I really like the song. I thought it was like dynamic and it like sounded good. Interesting. Different from Green Day. I wouldn't I wouldn't have considered it a Green Day song. But like, I don't know, like sometimes I just like uh, a song regardless of of the band that plays. it. How dare you? I know. I'm you just need saying. to masculine up. You need to get some <laughs> yeah. pills and get that boner and then uh-huh. fuck the world, I guess. I don't know what their agenda is, guys. I don't <laughs> know what they're doing. Soy boys. God, yeah. soy boys. Uh, their, their newest album is called Fa- Father of All Motherfuckers. I think that's kind of a yes. fun title. Um, it's been mm-hmm. abbreviated, apparently, because it doesn't sell in Walmart. But... Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's like I'm going through. I'm like, I, yeah, they had like American Idiot in 2004, 20th, 21st Century Breakdown in 2009. I have no clue. I'm like, I don't even know these album titles uh, after American Idiot. So uh, and then in, I think it was one year they put out three different albums called Uno Do yeah. Trey. Uh-huh. Uno Dos yeah. Trey. And 2012. Uh, they were 10 years ago. Yeah, they were like all different songs like I thought it was just like one album that had three different album covers, but no, it was like they just went on a tear of writing a bunch of new songs. Interesting, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and like they're full albums. Like the Uno is like 41 minutes long. It's longer than this album. And mm-hmm. then Trey is 39 yeah. minutes long, so or Dose, yeah. Interesting, yeah. I hadn't heard about those until I was just looking up their yeah, albums right now. Discography. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Cool, cool. Uh, any other notes, Ross? For uh, for Dookie, uh, that's it for me. All right, Stephen. Um, I like that it's called Dookie and not Liquid Dookie. That was oh, a good decision. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Just want to bring that marketing back. did a good job. I then. think that I take yeah. back what I said before. <laughs> I was looking up. The last thing I would say is uh, I was curious when this album came out. It was 1994. They said it was recorded mm-hmm. in 1993, and uh, at least Billy Joe Armstrong, I was looking him up. Mm-hmm. He was born in 72, so he was like 21, 22. Uh, I just thought that was... I, I was so curious, like, for such a an album that changed the game a little bit, how young they were to be able to do that, you know? Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got out there with that energy. Now they're, now they're all old men still making similar-sounding music, so... <laughs> Good for them, man. They found a niche. Look, you know what you like. Yep. Fuck yeah. it. Wearing guy liner and I don't wear enough spiking your hair up. I don't wear enough. I don't spike my hair enough <laughs> yeah, either. Look, You're right. I was going to I didn't want to say uh-huh. anything. I don't want to put you on blast sure. like that. But I got yeah, one. If you could. I, sh- I shaved my head the other day and I found yesterday there's one hair on my bald head that's sticking straight up. That's like longer than the others. But like it's like an inch long versus the, you know, quarter inch long of the rest of it. It, it really is funny. I, I look like, Did you style it? I'm thinking about it. I want to like curl it up. I look like Cindy Lou Who a little bit. If you look closely, you guys can't see it right now, but uh, the dogs can, and they're they're in for it. So, yeah. No, see, well. they're they're all about it. Uh, so yeah. Uh, anything else for you, Brent, on this album? Uh, no, nothing else for me. Um, this is a good talk. I'm glad we didn't have to go track by track on this. I think that was better. Keep yeah, the editing down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think we we got like the full. Uh, a full discussion on it. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. oh, amazing. Do you want me to just go ahead and go? But, yeah, let's just okay. fucking, we'll let's, let's keep that going. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can uh, rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is always appreciated. If you'd like to contact us, all of our info is in the show notes as usual. Um, we don't know exactly what we're doing next week. 
so we're not going to announce mm-hmm. anything right now, but stay tuned for whatever it might be. Um, sure to be exciting. It won't. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, anything else you guys wanted to announce? Ross, did you want to plug anything? Your butt or? Uh, I do, actually. Um, oh, a uh, little, uh, little podcast coming up with uh, Mr. Uh, Brent and I. We've got a uh, oh. new podcast dropping. Um, I'm not sure when this is going to officially be dropping in the next week or two, I would say. Um, I'm, unless you have a... I'm, I'm hoping that we can release the first episode, uh, well, yesterday. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> as of this episode's airing. <laughs> this is coming out on Tuesday, uh, the, the episode of... Our shared podcast uh, between Ross and I should hopefully be available for people to check out uh, already by the time you're hearing right this. On. But uh, Ross, you want to uh, tell the the folks what the show is called uh, and then what it's about? Yeah, it's uh, called the New Dis Colony. That's N U D I S Colony. Um, I don't know how to spell that word, but um, <laughs> it's a it's a new metal discussion podcast where uh, Brent and I listen to a bunch of new metal albums, talk about new metal, talk about our relationship to new metal, um, and what happened, where it went, why it went, who it went, when it went. Sweet. And um, <clears throat> no, we just uh, talk about uh, talk about new metal, and because uh, it's a genre that no one cares about anymore, so we figured why not? But you guys uh, spend do a whole exactly. Lot of time talking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, awesome! Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, it should be uh, it should be a lot of fun. It's uh, funny, um, and uh, you know it's gonna be there. So listen to it, please. <laughs> yeah. It's out in the world, so please. We, we, we've spent a lot of time. We've, on it. <laughs> yeah, Sweet. we've established a timeline for these different new metal releases, and we're we're going through that the through that timeline album by album. So mm-hmm. uh, the the first episode that we're we put out is uh, just us talking about new metal and our experience with it. The second episode will be the first album, the, uh, the, the one that started it all, which is the uh, self-titled corn album. And we go, uh, we've been going track by track through everything. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to continue once we get like several episodes in because, (laughs) because it's, uh, it gets real bonkers and, uh, and I cannot imagine it will be enjoyable to do that. But, uh, for right now, that's how it's set up. And then, uh, it's going to release biweekly on Mondays. So hopefully, hopefully that's out, uh, as, uh, as of people listening to this episode of let's talk about stuff. But, uh, if not just, um, you know, hope for the best. So you've already recorded it. At least the first mm-hmm. one. Uh, we've recorded the first three. Yeah. Hey, cool. Uh, episodes at this point. I just wrapped up the editing on the third one. So, yeah, we, we're, we're trucking. Nice. Along. We've got a couple mm-hmm. in the bank. So uh, doing them every other week, we're going to be able to, you know, should be able to stay on schedule and produce a very high quality, um, high content mm-hmm. uh, podcast. You know what would be amazing? <laughs> if you guys got like a sponsor fourth episode in and we're like, what happened to us? <laughs> Why did this take so long? And you're like, we got it. Yeah, it's, it's, for, a, it's for a testosterone supplement. <laughs> Uh, yeah <laughs> that's see we like to say on nudist colony there's no tea and we are both yep. low tea mm-hmm. so it really kind of balances <laughs> out go. so it's not nudist with a t it's i did this to us that, that was my that was my fault i gave i gave up with the name but it's in you as in oh, new metal spelled with in you and then d-i-s for discussion so N-U-D-I-S. Yeah. Uh, colony. Everyone I've told it to, they're like, what? And then I explain it to them, and they're like, oh, uh, oh, okay. That's a great way to start, yeah. Yeah. I like it more, I mean, 
I like our show and everything, but um, mm-hmm. Brent and I basically had like a whole bunch of titles and then we're like, what about this really generic one that doesn't mean anything? We're like, oh, mm-hmm. cool. Let's just talk about stuff. <laughs> Excellent. Easy. Yeah. Wait, did you say let's just, I just talk threw about Justin stuff? now as we were <laughs> casually ca- you know, talking about it? But it is. Uh, yeah, this show is let's just talk about stuff. It's been that way the entire time. This changes everything. <laughs> Legitas. I'm going to have to update those those merch yeah. designs quick. Uh, but yeah, it'll at least be something that people can look up. And uh, yeah, I think it's clever. I like it. And I'm looking forward to listening to this. LJ Tass. Yes. Mm-hmm. LJ Tass. Mm-hmm. LJ Tass. He's a first round pick in the Texas draft. I don't know. I don't watch sports. Just sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a guy who would be from here. I was like, damn, he knows sports. <laughs> <laughs> I was with it. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. I'm looking forward to that as well. I love uh, Ross being on the show always here, but it'd be fun to hear you guys talk about one of your passions as well. I think it's a passion, right? Mm-hmm. New metal of the Christ. Oh yeah, wow! Passionate talking about it, and even Christ is on the show. <laughs> oh man, this is so exciting. Well, uh, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Ross, thank you for being on this episode and uh, discussing Green Day yes. with us. Thanks for having me. I just want you to know as well that I I wanted to invite you for Nirvana, but Brent turned me down. He said no. He said fuck Ross. I don't even like him. Um, I'm gonna invite him for a Green Day show, and I was like Brent. He doesn't even like Green Day. So anyway, I just want to let you know. You and I are best friends. Brent hates you. Uh, we can come. Oh, wow. What happened? And then he's gone. He really left. <laughs> Did he? I don't know why. Oh, wait. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I, 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 I moved my screen oh around my and God. then I saw Ross left. I was like, oh, what did that I do? Hilarious. I was like, what have I done? Was like, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> Man, that was funny. Anyway, Damn. Uh, well played, sir. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun listening to you guys talk about that stuff on your new show, though, and I look forward to that. So everybody should check it out, and uh, hopefully it's out whenever this one's this episode's out. So uh, fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. If not, <laughs> well, something went violently wrong. Uh, so that's just how we're living. Hey everyone, this is Brent just popping in here real quick to let you know that Nudist Colony is actually available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. So be sure to check it out, download and subscribe. And if you could give us a five-star rating, that would help us a lot. And now back to the rest of the show. All right. Well, uh, mm-hmm. uh, thank you everybody for listening. Until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And I'm Ross. And let's talk later. Get fucked. <laughs> Man, what a pro, though. We didn't even tell him he needed to say that. Ross, <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks, way man. to go. We, yeah, we've uh, been trying to, whenever we have guests on, I make Stephen tell everyone how how that goes. Mm. And then it, it's only like half successful uh, yeah. just because it's, it's <laughs> a mean, lot. We of, shouldn't tell people. He, he really just jumped in there and did it well. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should just like not put the pressure on people. I was into the show. So. <laughs> well, there he's, you go. I was going to say, he's he been on like several times. So like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, Long time, uh, guess. Yeah, that all worked out. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was, I really don't have anything else that I was going to say, but I felt the pressure. (laughs) I just happened to glance down and I saw that my track is still recording. I was like, Oh, uh, you gotta gotta try to say something funny. funny. And it's like, why start now?
honestly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you're okay. Let the pressure off yourself. And then let the pressure go later on. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, but really, right. I, I kind of do have to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cut mine right there. All right, yeah, we'll stop. Yeah, no, see, well, they're they're all about it. Still, still barking. Uh, Hold on. So yeah, uh, anything else for you, Brent, on this album? Oh. <laughs> Hold, please. <laughs> These motherfuckers. It was like the longest walk from the garage door to right. the door to the house that's ever existed. <laughs> Relax. Damn. Oof. They're not gonna let you. Okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> was that him or was that a dog again? It was a dog. Oh yeah. Record. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, we didn't really have anything to kick kick this uh part of the show off, mm. but I, now that I'm thinking about it. I do have something that I need to say and I need to express. And it's the most purest form of love I can think of, which is when I am awakened in the morning by my <laughs> wonderful doggies. Oh, yeah. My, my, my little guy, Miles, he likes to lay on my right shoulder. And so emblazoned on my body, I've got a paw print of his his paw, allegedly, <laughs> on my shoulder. Yeah. Uh, spoilers for life. The the paw print tattoo is garbage. It's the worst <laughs> tattoo I've got on my body. And there was a point in my life where I'm like, if I wouldn't want to get a tattoo because what if it's shitty? But like, it is a shitty paw print tattoo. Ross, you've seen it in person. Steven, you've seen it in person I think as well. I've seen it in person. Yeah, it doesn't look that yeah, bad. Yeah, it, 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 fair enough. Like it, it doesn't look accurate. That's, That's not what yeah. I have. like. I've I've got a paw print of my other dog's paw on my my uh, left arm. It looks like a paw print. The one on my shoulder looks like I had like six chocolate chips melted on my shoulder. I was like, well, I guess this is a tattoo idea. Anyway, so Miles was laying, my little dog Miles was laying on my right shoulder this morning. Very sweet. He does it every morning. It's how we bond. And then um, in my right ear, he he just started like hacking. (laughs) It was very loud. And I was like, oh, dude, that's That's so fucking loud. Then I looked down on my shoulder, and there was like a little. Finish your breakfast, listeners. Uh, there was a like a little like snot string, as if he like hacked up a loogie on my arm, and I had to get up immediately. And it was diabolical because it was like that's why he like is so into me in the mornings, is so I will get my fat ass up and let him out so he can use the bathroom. <clears throat> but now I'm afraid this is starting a new trend where he just like hacks up snot on my arm every morning to get me out of bed just to, you know, start the day or whatever. It's lovely. Yeah, it was... But I didn't, like, hit him. (laughs) (laughs) I want to clarify real quick. Yeah. You know, I I feel like that would would have been... uh, I I would never, like, hurt an animal or whatever, but I feel like not owning any human children, I feel like... (laughs) I feel like that's what a parent's response would be right is to not hit their child just be like maybe roll their eyes and be like ah, damn it and then mm-hmm. you just have to like deal with it and go on about your day uh this is like the proudest i've ever been of myself for any anything i've ever experienced you know 
is to not have immediate <laughs> to not give in to anger. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just to, like I, I was a little bit annoyed, but I wasn't like mad at him or whatever. I was just like, all right, this is bound to happen at some point, you know. Is the tattoo? Do you think is it is it representative of his drool or his snot? Is that why it's splotchier than the other paw? I wish it were splotchy. <laughs> it's so like cartoonishly. It's like what a child would draw. If you told them to draw a paw print, that's, you know, yeah, I think that's that accurate. Bad. Yeah, yeah. You did go to I, a child to tattoo you, though. To be fair, it was an elementary school. It program. was, you know. Sometimes you give these guest lectures at, to a kindergarten mm-hmm. class, and they're like, "Who is this weird brown person? Why is he <laughs> up at the front of the class? Why is he saying the f word so much?" Let's Look, tattoo you him. Hi- <laughs> <laughs> you hire Brent Hibbard, you're gonna get a Brent Hibbard performance, you know? Yeah, it's damn straight. Hey, what's up, you little fucks? What's going on? <laughs> Uh, do you guys know what a podcast is? Do do any of you have iPhones? Anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm like, let's let's get wild with these tattoos, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. So that's my bad. That's on me, you know. I I'm the one who melted down all those crayons. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's go nuts. Do this picture. Well, if you feel any better? Literally, everyone who has more than one tattoo has a shitty tattoo. Oh, okay. Everybody, let's yeah. talk about that. I have zero tattoos, so I don't. I've been wondering about this as well. Well, you've avoided the shitty curse. Stephen, you should get them; they're always good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ross, do you have multiple tattoos? Yes, yeah, so I've got. I've got. Uh, I've got several tattoos. Um, you have a shitty one. Um, I don't know if it's shitty. More in mm-hmm. in the placement makes it look like a tramp stamp. Um, so in that oh, respect, I, love that. I maybe don't. Uh, I maybe don't love it. Um, mm-hmm. I got it thinking that it would look like <clears throat> a really cool symbol, and instead, uh, the placement of it um, and the way the <laughs> artist interpreted it um, made it look more like a tramp stamp. So, um, real happy about that one. Um, it is between your butt cheeks. <laughs> it is. is that, oh yeah, down the crack. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah. Starts lower back, down crack. <laughs> You're like, I don't know why it looks like a tramp stamp. Like a I don't know what happened. But no, no. Uh, I've got a uh, friend, actually, Brent. You know this man. Um. Got a tattoo from a friend of ours. Um, oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a board. Yeah, uh-huh. It was a board Lolita Express. And, <laughs> Getting those know, tattoos. We, did, we decided to let Bill fly the plane for a little bit. And then, mm-hmm. Yeah. He got tired of getting all the free foot massages. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, Bill. Here we go. No, uh, a friend of mine has a Dragon Ball Z tattoo um, on his back that was done by another drunken friend of ours. Um, but it is a large piece. It's not a small <laughs> little. It is a large, like, four-character piece that goes from, like, shoulder blade to shoulder blade. Damn. And oh, wow. It is incomprehensible what this tattoo <laughs> is. <laughs> and Really? Yes. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen this. I know this person. Uh, Eric Bookout gave it to uh, <laughs> Um. Yes, back, way back in the day at our old flop house that we lived in. Um, <laughs> and people maybe laugh. Oh, flop house. Sanitary. It was literally a flop house that we lived in. Yeah. It was yeah. made with a VCR um, motor tattoo gun. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, oh, that's how Eric did them back right, in the day, right? Yeah. You would disassemble a VCR and get the little motor out of there and then uh, uh, apply like a guitar string uh, for your needle mm. and uh, did the tattoo that way. It wow. looks like shit. And even Eric is like, <laughs> he was like trying to tell beforehand, hey, man, this is going to look really, really bad. You don't want to do this. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 I trust you. Go for it. So Eric like tried to warn him, and oh, my God, it looks like absolute shit. Oh, boy. It's, it's hilarious. That, you know what? That is that is funny to me because uh, just knowing that's 
yeah. accurate mm-hmm. to his personality. That's exactly what he would ask for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, Eric, shout out to Eric and uh, the True Criminals podcast over there. Oh, yeah. I, I remember him mentioning doing that, that Dragon Ball Z tattoo somewhere, but I don't, I didn't know whom yep. that was gifted One upon. Drunken night. So. Actually, it was probably over the course of like two or three drunken nights. And I'm sure was drunk. And for if anybody doesn't know that you're not supposed to get a tattoo when you're drunk because it thins your mm. blood out and it makes the uh, ink spread. So add that into the equation also. <laughs> also, it's not like doing a tattoo is the ultimate customer service experience, right? Like I've, I've worked in customer service for a couple of decades and it's it's annoying enough when you just like have to interact with people verbally. But if you have to deal with that same person like for several hours at a time. And then they're oh, drunk yeah. on top of it. Ooh, that sounds and, awful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just yeah. Like, so you gotta try to get them not to move around. Mm-hmm. If anything, yeah, as know. they're piercing your flesh, right, with, <laughs> with a needle, several thousand times, yeah, per minute. Ugh. Yeah, it's uh, man, it, it's pretty hilarious. I don't. You're not so, really selling me on the a tattoo idea, but perhaps I should go to a professional and not a friend. That's that's a lesson I'm learning, and I've learned in the past as well. So other friends it's not a thing you want to skimp on you don't want to find the best deal in town yeah, <laughs> yeah right there you go where'd you get the the paw one brent is that where i should go uh on the little, little <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. yeah okay gotcha yeah it's lolita <laughs> 2 the sequel oh, okay yeah we, something happened to that first one they, they had to get rid of it but you know Bad memories there, maybe. Alan Dershowitz gave it to him. <laughs> Steven, I'm going to need you to uh, research Dragon Ball Z characters and just pick the one that you feel oh, looks yeah. the, the best. I'm super I, not into that. So, yeah, that sounds like a good, good first <laughs> I tattoo. Think I think, yeah, people have mentioned this before, but, like, if if you want to get a tattoo, but you're not sure exactly what you want, just, like, pick a design. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the best way. I feel like you could be, like, a Piccolo guy, you know, if... I feel like you could get into the the character dynamics of the planet Namek and really just be like, oh. Are you really doing Dragon Ball Z stuff? This, I have yeah, no idea if this is, is made up or not right now. I don't yeah, know what I should agree real, to. This is real terminology. <laughs> so, um, yeah. If you've ever wanted a bald green alien character on your body that also wears the turban, hmm. uh, I think that's the character for you. Well, okay. Um I'm not sure that, like, my first tattoo should be that. Oh, is that what I'm looking oh, for? Boy. I think you should get Mr. Popo. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Good, uh, that is a look. <laughs> should that, it's problematic. It's very Should problematic. that be a chest or a back, though? <laughs> yes. To both. both. If you could, like, yeah. You, if you from behind, played it carefully, from behind? it could be like that Janet Jackson Rolling Stone cover. Where mm-hmm. it's like the, the, the person, like, has their arms in front of you holding your nipples. Oh, sure. So it could be... Uh, what, what was his name? Mr. Mr. Popo. Popo. Oh, wow. So you could get a full back tattoo of him, like, facing you, essentially. Yes. With his arms coming in front to hold oh, your Oh, so it wraps breasts. around. Yeah, it's a wraparound tattoo. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I have a hug with me at all times. Kind of like on the previous episode we recorded with the wraparound Playboy uh, oh, yeah. covers. Uh-huh. It would be the like car. that, but with this problematic <laughs> anime character. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, then you should walk into a uh, predominantly black neighborhood with your shirt off. <laughs> Oh, perfect. We'll so it's like Just see what happens. Community building then as <laughs> yeah, well. Reach out program. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, no, you guys don't get it. It it's he's loving me. <laughs> ba 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 ba. You know? I am McDonald's in this situation. Start, start, gotcha. start singing exactly. Michael Jackson's black or white. 
Is that help in that situation? <laughs> yep. Trust me. Okay. I've done it. I got to learn some lyrics first off about. For he is both. Ooh. Uh, well, yeah. So he's he's bridging the gap. Too far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, does, uh, did a sync word appear out of any of that? I think we got to go back to Flophouse. I don't think oh, we've wow, used that I one like before. That. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Flophouse. Like, I, I barely have understanding of what it is, but it doesn't sound good. Yeah, is that like a, a general term for just a bad house, or is that a specific term for a specific type of bad house? It's a house where a lot of um, people with substance issues congregate, mm. and um, usually most of them do not have a permanent place of residence, so they uh, will mm-hmm. sleep there for many nights in a row, and then other places for several nights, and... Um, there is one room that has a whole bunch of mattresses in it that somebody threw up on that you just close the door <laughs> oh. for about six months because you don't want to deal with it. Um, hmm. Lovely. That didn't happen to me, we, I swear. Oh, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I, I looked up Flophouse, by the way, and I'm not going to read nope. the definition. I just want to read the sentence that they used it in, which was, <laughs> they are living in a Flophouse and discovering that the streets are not paved with gold. Fuck <laughs> And I'm like, what a description. <laughs> <laughs> what that's supposed to be. I like that the, the writer was like, oh, we're going to live in a flop house. Fuck yeah. Oh, wait. Like they, mo- they moved from like mid-state Ohio. Oh, man. And they're like, oh, we got this flop house on the West Coast. It's going to be fucking stellar, dude. It's like a, it sounds like an app, right? Get yeah. flop house. <laughs> you can live in California. We get this room for a thousand dollars. You know, it's most definitely <clears throat> several people's oh, nicknames <laughs> in various states, right? Yeah, that's right. And who moves anywhere and thinks that the streets are going to be paved with gold? Yeah. Like, why does that got to be on them? Exactly. You know? That's the thing. I it's mean, rude. It was only correct that time that Dorothy moved to Oz, but that was the only uh-huh. time. Yeah. And if Fuck I that Beverly Cleary motherfucker, whoever wrote that. <laughs> oh wow, you're getting angry about it. Yeah, fuck that. Mm-hmm. I lived in a flop house, goddammit. <laughs> and the streets were not paved with gold. <laughs> All right, so let's sync with flop house oh, on three. And I should probably write down the uh, the starting time here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll sync, uh, yeah, with uh, that thing I just said on three. <laughs> flop house on three. One, two, three. Flop, flop house. house. Got it. Man, forever memorialized in this episode finally yeah <laughs> well you're doing better now ross it seems not a flop house now huh oh yeah it was just a short time in my life um oh good um honestly it was a really fun time in my life hey there um, you go it was uh, dangerous and scary and uh i made it out okay so you know mm-hmm. it's fun to think about and joke about there you I'm go. I'm sorry. Did you say it was dangerous? Because, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's oh. get dangerous. Hey. He's got Mr. Popo on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. See you guys. Lighter. L.P.